I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing that I need. I don't need to dress real fancy. I just want tidy whitey sleeves. I only want this single guy. Cup bottle glasses pointed to the sky. Someone, anyone, make it so. All I want for Christmas is yeah. I don't need a lot at Christmas. Tidy whities are just okay. There's only one thing on my mind, and he's milking titties and going blind. I don't need to hang my stocking. They're above the fireplace. Santa Claus won't make me happy. With a flashlight on Christmas Day. I just want that show as my own. More than anyone could ever know. I'll be the best wingman for a show. All I want for Christmas is show. Yeah! Woohoo! Uh, can we please just talk some fucking... It's This Week in Sleaze, with your hosts, the Great Lord, Joshua Riegel, and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some fucking Christmas, Lee's. Lee's that came or comes from our mouths during Christmas time, uh, you all know what that means. Because then this... <laughs> because wait, this, wait, 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 wait. Come from our mouths? Uh, I, I wrote in came and come, not C-U-M. Get your mind out of the gutter, young Joshua. This is proper pod... No, it's not pro- proper podcasting. <laughs> it's this week in sleep, for heaven's sake. But, you know, there, there's no tradition, Joshua, in Hong Kong movies of the category-free Christmas movie. They didn't bring out, like, uh, you know, Hong Kong Jingle Balls. Two or anything like that. It should so. have been though. God dang it! So, so we have to create our own atmosphere of smells and uh, gift giving. But but that that I refer you back to the smells. Smells and gift giving. That's the same thing. I'm generous with the smells in this t- tidy way theater, as you well know. But we, I thought we'd break format, despite in this Christmas special, and give ourselves a present, a good time, starring Charlie Cho, of course. <gasps> And that will be a discussion about a non-category-free movie. We've done so in the past, but they were still, like, exploitation-tinged. But the movie My Neighbors Are Phantoms. Uh, it may star Amy Yip as Busty and Charlie Cho as a pervert. But it is working within the ghost comedy spectrum, and that means it's category 2 or 2B. Uh, I think uh, you could argue this is uh, 2 only. It's not overly violent or anything. But Charlie provides probably his best representation of his cinematic image on screen ever in his few minutes of screen time. So that's our gift to ourselves. Fun with Charlie. Fun with Charlie. And some not so 
fun with Charlie. Yeah, because there's two movies here, and uh, we, we still grace this episode with a Category 3 nasty. At least one of the scenes is pretty nasty, the rest is pretty damn boring. Hope- <laughs> <laughs> there's one scene, there's enough. Spoiler there's a- alert! <laughs> we, have, we haven't said why it's boring or uh, the content that is boring, but whole uh, fans Hidden Desire features a uh, finale with endless slow-motion uh, sexual exploitation, if you will, involving Dark Charlie. You know, we don't encounter Dark Charlie that much. Uh, so, uh, yep, it's finally Christmas. Uh, you get Dark Charlie and a little bit of uh, light-hearted, wacky perversion, I suppose, w- working with something that, within something that young kids, teens at least, can watch, you know, so <laughs> so it's great that they get a pervert in there in a movie that essentially like 13, 14 year olds can watch so uh, that, that's experimentation like how do we work with the genre without it being, you know at least having clothed, that's a one win in terms of like how to avoid the category 3 rating, so, so no running around in his underwear Christmas uh, isn't bound to stay cheery in the second half, essentially. We, we got half an episode of fun, and then Hidden Desire happens. Uh, but uh, it's a joy to be here. My name is Lisa Kay, and with me is the great Lord Josh Arrigo. So Merry Christmas, buddy. Welcome. Merry Christmas, sir. Ah, no Yulmus this uh, this year for some reason. I forgot to bring bring mine. So did you? You didn't buy your $160 four-pack <laughs> or whatever it was, uh, the rip-off uh, that you <laughs> that you went into? Willingly, like that seems like a reasonable price for Yulmust. It's foreign. Yeah, well, it's foreign. It just tastes like tab, like a tab cola or like something like that. It's from the same damn factory. They just put it in a bottle and sold it to me for like forty bucks. Can you still feel it, like the oh, the, the impact that Yulmust had on you? Oh yeah, definitely. I can sit there and taste the bubbles in the back of my mouth even today. Well, you did consume it all, so rather than pour mm-hmm. it down the drain, like I only did this for the show. Now I, now I need to scrape my insides from <laughs> from all this horrible Swedish uh, bacteria and nastiness that can make me drink. Every time I drank it, I just pictured your words describing it as toilet mm, water, liquid diarrhea, liquid diarrhea. Mm. Like toilet water is one ingredient. Obviously, you scoop up oh, the water, yeah. or or you take a shit, obviously, and then scoop it up. I mean, you probably get just a little scoop of toilet water, probably with some piss in it, just a little bit, and then you get somebody to give you fresh diarrhea in a bucket, and then they sit there and they pour that in. We have those at hand here, believe it or yeah. not. <laughs> right here in the Tidy Whitey Theater, you know, we got our shit buckets in the corner, so. I have, I have mine on speed dial. He's called Dave. Dave. The guy <laughs> brings over, what, the shit bucket or the diarrhea? Well, he's a multi-purpose, uh, multi-purpose <laughs> kind of guy. When you can't get the diarrhea out, you got Dave. Diarrhea Dave. Every Swede has a Dave. Thought you know, I thought you knew this stuff. No, you know, I, you know, I haven't read my pamphlets that you sent me. I'm sorry. Well, 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 Joshua, I, I know for a fact that it's not 100% complete yet, but, you know, without, again, exposing your life, I want to congratulate you on essentially graduating nursing school. Yes, sir. Three or four years of... Um, Four years total, um, but that's counting. Dedicated, yeah. dedicated hell. I mean, you. I know yeah. you put yourself through hell, but uh, I always say this on a personal note. I was not surprised at all that you got this far, got this far, or th- that you stayed driven because I know your work ethic. Having worked with you, I know your work morals, and uh, you. And when you have decided on something, you execute. You know, you have a creative aura, and that sort of feeds into this. So, 
I wasn't surprised at all, but I obviously have no idea what you went through. I only know, like, scary shot little, yeah, I'm going through hell. <laughs> it's fun to talk <laughs> of. Like, uh, in the middle of it, I'm sure it's not terribly fun or anything. But uh, congratulations, uh, nonetheless. Thank and you. Well, and why I'm saying you're not, um, you know, you're, you're almost completed. You told me some, you're, you're going to do some more stuff, including some bureaucratic stuff before you attain the status that is the final, final status. Yeah, I have to do state boards and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't imagine, like most people I don't think can really imagine what nursing school is. Uh, It's an utterly ridiculous and difficult process of uh, taking tests and stuff where there's always, there's sometimes four right answers or four wrong answers and you have to guess which one, yeah, which one's the most right or which one's the most least wrong. I'm getting a headache already. Yeah, it's incredibly difficult, and you're constantly shoving new material into your mind. But uh, at the same time, I did it with uh, about four other friends and uh, met them, and I basically had the best time of my life those two years there, yeah. So I can't really complain. As, as horrible as it was, we still managed to have fun. And that was our stress relief the entire time, was just being goofy and making jokes about diarrhea and things like that the entire time. On so. my podcast, we talk about liquid diarrhea from Sweden. <laughs> oh, they've heard about the show. They, they oh my god, it. that is not wise to put out in the world that you're doing this stuff. You, you, mm. you should have heard our uh, study uh, groups and stuff like that. Okay, have you heard of Michael Wong and this movie called Men <laughs> Behind the Sun, where someone drops uh, the plague uh, over himself? I, I did. <laughs> I didn't tell him about Plague Bob, but I told him plenty. <laughs> We went to the uh, National World War II uh, Museum in New Orleans. Oh, I got a story, like you're raising your hand from the back of the tour group, like, me, 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 me. Oh, yeah, I told everybody about, uh, you know, Men Behind the Sun, Unit 741, and it was always educational, you know? The show contributed to nursing school and my success. Nice, if you had to say that, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure we played much of a part. <laughs> I mean, this is so far removed from it. But uh, anyway, good that you got through. Good that you had a, a group of core friends that elevated each other and you, you all forwarded, uh, you made progress despite it being stressful rather than turning uh, vicious towards each other, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And getting tired of each other because of the stress, you know. Uh, that, that, is, um, that is strong psychologically. It says something about all of your psychological profiles you know all this fucking insane <laughs> well you you you're educated uh, you're, you're edu- educated now and i'm sure you can stuff that insanity in a box where it belongs when you're out there all being re- well educated registered nurses just forward uh, all the material in terms of which hospital you work at and i'll sure to set up everyone with an mp3 file about <laughs> what goes on when he is not on the clock you have just mind fuck. Um, what, else, what other episodes would we include? Well, uh, trilogy of last. Anything hardcore porn, essentially. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything with penetration, so that you know, and us like talking dirty about genitalia. Ooh, like if he doesn't like genitalia, he shouldn't be like a nurse or anything. He can't be squeamish about these things. <laughs> you know, you have to do the dirty deed. I don't think that's what would bother him. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm not going to push your uh, limits and uh, your employer to a brink of like, well, he lasted a day and that's a day too many for us to have, <laughs> have him here. Like, <laughs> like it's uh, that podcast, uh, the Christmas one with the slow-mo rape, that that was the tipping point. Mindfuck, we had no problem with. So Joshua, uh, I'm going to have to ask you about this uh, popsicle scene with Charlie Chow that you're mm-hmm, talking about mm-hmm, on this uh, mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Describe this in detail to us. 
mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> the butter and the butter goes in there, the popsicle, like it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought about doing it myself. Oops. Oh, Jesus. That's, see, that's the part that scares them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that sounds interesting. That's cinema. That's foreign cinema as well. Oh, it's actually, whoa. <laughs> like you, uh, one step too far, son. It's foreign cinema, man. Look, man, you Europeans, you know, they're they're very open about their sexuality, you know. And so are the Asians. I remember, I remember one of the um, sort of, notor- not notorious, but famous soft core Swedish uh, porn movies. Uh, it's uh, so, sort of was only famous for what I suppose is either a scene, like a masturbation scene involving a thick uh, sausage. You know, uh-huh. and that, that was all we knew when we mentioned that title. All people talked of, despite having never seen that scene. Because uh-huh. it was just a reputation, like, oh, the movie with the big, thick sausage. And I don't know if the movie even features it being softcore in that much of an explicit way. It's just right. like that the content got a rep, uh, but um, uh, it's not famous enough to get, like, uh, foreign DVD distribution, like a They Call Her One Eye or anything like that, because that was also a hardcore porn movie. So uh, that, that, that particular softcore movie is going to stay hidden, I think. We'll cover it on the show. How about that? Yeah, let's do a bonus episode on that. I'll find you something that, uh, regardless if it's subtitled or not, like, uh, Bork, 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 Harder. Harder? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the language in Swedish porn porn cinema? Yep. (laughs) What we'll do is, like, I'll do the first part of the review and I'll guess at what happened in the plot. And then you can tell me where I went wrong. Well, it's porn. It's not that difficult to sort of get it right, <laughs> I suppose. Like, girl likes boy kind of thing. I, I, I don't think that was plotted necessarily. Uh, very like It's probably like set in the summer and about sexual awakening and stuff like that and sausage. You ever seen a clockwork orgy? I haven't. No, neither have I. <laughs> but it looks interesting. I mean, it's probably from the day, back in the day where they still shot porn on a film. So I'll, no, I'll give it. It's, no, it's, it's like not, wasn't it? Okay. No, I think Jenna Jameson's in it or something. Okay, I thought it was older than that, where they sort of still treated it like uh, spent money on it, essentially. Yeah, no. That would be, uh, fuck, what is that that movie with like the dude who goes around giving girls enemas? Oh, uh, Water Power? That's a, you know, rape and enema movie. Right on, right on. Whatever you sort of conjure up in your mind as, ooh, that's sexual, that is going to end up on some kind of porn site eventually because there's something yeah. for everyone. There's even quicksand porn, I've heard, where they sort of stage this, oh my god, I'm sinking in quicksand. Not having sex, mind you. Yeah. But uh, I'm sinking in quicksand and I'm sinking, and that's, that's that it? turns people on. That has a market, dude. Wow. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I haven't seen it myself, to be honest, because it sounded so daft, but uh, I, remember, yeah, I remember Kevin Smith talked about it on a podcast and they sort of just uh, riffed on it. How... <laughs> odd that is because it's sort of staged peril but like it's the peril that's the hot pot they do that plenty in movies <laughs> never occurred to me that it's hot but i won't judge i won't judge because no one is hurting anyone you know they don't involve animals or kids or anything like that it's just a little bit of acting i'm gonna judge a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna have to say i don't know <laughs> just, yeah that, that's a well-formulated opinion mr <laughs> joshua like, i'll judge it why do you judge it I have Don't no know. idea. <laughs> but I'm going to go on the internet anyway and present that opinion. I tell you what, I think it's it just, I'm, I got to see the videos because I'm just thinking it's like people fake 
getting taken in by quicksand. And to me, that sounds like a waste of money because you could watch old Tarzan tapes and stuff like that and get your jollies. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. But people do want to spend money on this. And there is a, enough market on, on these kind of things that uh, they, they, people are voluntarily putting their money money in rather than just watching it online. So, you know, you know, as we said before, who pays for porn? Well, I guess these people do. <laughs> because the quicksand porn is worth owning. <laughs> if you have a high quality uh, quicksand porn video that you'd like to share with the show, you can email us at... Okay, where can they email us? <laughs> it's funny. These emails are first read by Stuart, which is great. Like, So email email podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Yeah, this is in reply to the request for quicksand porn that uh, Sleazy K and the great Lord Joshua Regal put in. What the serious hell? Please, please name it. R-E colon quicksand porn. And, and also in the subject category, it's okay. It's not a virus or anything. We won't kidnap your computer. We We were asked to bring you this end parenthesis and he'll just like forward it to you or whoever and just like you know feel grubby afterward any feedback i'll take any feedback when your attention oh yeah we'll review it on the show <laughs> so what do you think of this scenario it's a, it, it's it always came off as like a it was not a full movie where it happened multiple times it, it was probably like 30 minute videos or whatever oh like, my god I like it's like, a, like it's such a limited scenario of someone we don't know his or her uh, backstory or anything. They're just thinking in quicksand, help, 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 and the end. When when the deal is done, I suppose. Like a 30-minute video of them going, that would be so bad. I mean, they, they can't, like, do a couple of minutes of... Uh, maybe they do a compilation, so it's like five hours of just <laughs> tons of it. <laughs> Volume 15. Well, I tell you, uh, in Japan, like, they have... Uh, yeah, of course, like, it's Japan. I don't know if it's uh, a, I guess it's a kind of a sexual thing, but they have like the um, I think shit unearthed films I think put out a box set of them Harakari videos like it's um, you know Japanese ritual suicide where they would sit there and cut their stomach open and disembowel themselves. Well, there's like a whole I mean there's a lot of them like uh, of videos of like girls who um, like. A lot of times they're dressed in traditional Japanese like soldier uniforms and stuff like that, and then they, you know, slowly get down to you know taking a lot of their clothing off, not all of it, and then they'll sit there and stab themselves in the stomach, and then you know pull their intestines out, and but they do it in like this erotic way where they're like, <laughs> as they're like pulling their guts out and stuff, and like, uh, and are we talking the crappiest effects work, or, or are they putting effort into this stuff? moderately okay, okay. Uh, effects work not great but not terrible either you know it's the same type of stuff that once you you know when you start looking around for like their little f- you know fake snuff movies like tumbling doll of flesh and like the guinea pig movies and things like that you'll find these videos yeah i know that unearth put out like a box set of them that seems like it's their speciality because they did guinea pig they did that 18-hour Unit 731 movie that you talked about. Oh. Yeah. They go for the most extreme stuff. Bone sickness they did. It's legit stuff, man. I mean, it's a, it's actual, you know, productions, and it's not illegal or anything, so. And now that they're doing the American Guinea Pig series, which uh, I haven't seen yet, I'm not wait, sure. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Like, are they, did they do one back in the day, or is it just no, recently? This is, this is recent from Earth, Unearth Studios, I guess, or whatever. Like, now they're... 
they're making movies. Uh, what's his name? Stephen Biro. Biro, I think his name is that guy. He, the man who I think runs it or whatever. So he's producing. I think these movies or maybe directing. I'm not sure, but uh, from what I've seen, they look pretty grotesque. <laughs> right on. Right on. Well, uh, you got a lot to live up to. Lo- lo- lots of yeah. effects, effects skill to live up to. That's what I know about the guinea pig movies. Have not seen them myself, but uh, I know they're people always talk favorably of that work yeah you know it's not it's not shoddy necessarily yeah i mean if you're looking at it from a special effects point of view for the year that they were made and for the budget that they were made yeah they were pretty darn they're well done like you know how charlie sheen well i guess if you saw it on like a beat up vhs tape yeah you probably could fall for it being real and with the the samurai stuff cut out where he's just the girl getting killed and stuff you probably would be able to buy it but um why, why enough did you mention Charlie Sheen all of a sudden? Oh, you didn't hear about that? I know he has AIDS or HIV or uh, whatever it is. <laughs> but, uh... Winning! Yeah, <laughs> winning! Uh, I'm an Adonis. Uh, uh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back in the day, uh, I think it was Chaz Ballin brought over the Guinea Pig series on VHS. Mm-hmm. Like, and so he would go around. He would, like, you know, mind me if I'm wrong on some of these facts, whatever. But from the story that believe is uh chad ballon would put together like gore little compilations and stuff on vhs you know he would go to, like to parties he was invited or whatever he'd be like oh you want to see some crazy shit here you go and he would you know play stuff from the beyond blah 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 so when he got the guinea pig thing he uh played it i think at a party or something and somehow charlie sheen gets the tape so charlie sheen calls the fbi believing that it's real wow yeah so then the fbi gets involved and they start you know treating it like a real snuff case and they end up going to uh getting interviews and stuff like that with the people who made it plus the girl who was you know yeah yeah because it's a really simple scenario it's it's merely like we'll kidnap and torture and sort of the end after that it's not this um traditional narrative either so it and, and it's shot on video as far as i know as well so it, yeah. it, it adds to that uh, so yeah it's early 90s shot on video uh, and then by the time it probably made it over here, it was probably duped a million times. So it was probably beat up. And I'm not sure if, because I know there were copies of it that floated around without the uh, the killer in the video or whatever. He like wears this samurai outfit and he goes around and like quoting stupid bullshit, like, you know, being real artistic about it. Well, if you cut that stuff out and you just go for all the gruesome brutality of it, plus imagining it on a beat up VHS tape where some of the uh you know special effects aren't clearly visible i could see how it could look pretty you know realistic oh definitely definitely i, I wouldn't blame anyone for being concerned because uh, it it it's not unheard of that underground underground stuff that is real gets circulated you know i don't know if it's just a rumor or not but like earlier in the year when they finished the first uh uh, American guinea pig movie they sent a copy to Charlie Sheen <laughs> hoping that it would uh, start up hoping know. that he'd remember it through, through his alcohol and uh, drug fuel haze back even in those days let's call the FBI <laughs> you already did it FBI agent John I need you to come look at this tape I think I've got another one open the case <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it a more recent Japanese movie that someone that that was essentially also torture porn that someone sort of reported to somewhere uh, blanking on the name, but it was released properly. It was uh, maybe five six years ago. It 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 was very stripped down as well. Uh, like like it's it was not even hostile 
narrative. It was very stripped down as well. Uh, the biggest one, I think, since Guinea Pig was probably Tumbling Doll of Flesh. Right. Yeah, this was just like one name, uh, one word. Uh, yeah, you're thing. thinking, I think you're thinking, I think the movie's named Grotesque. That's the one. That was really more torture porn. That was, uh, the scenario was a little bit more elaborate. And uh, it, the movie itself kind of, it, no, not kind of, it sucks. It's a terrible movie. What happened was, I know it was banned in the UK. They refused to, like, you know, give it any kind of certification or even look at it to be edited or anything like straight up banded and that made huge news and you know you had people sitting there going well the movie sucks so you know it's okay and i'm like no it's not fucking okay yeah. you know it shouldn't be fucking banned you know it's a fucking fake movie you know there's nothing real going on in this you know hunk of shit so let the people who want to watch the hunk of shit watch this hunk of shit yeah, it, it's amazing that though all of those still come out of the woodwork. I mean, for, thankfully over here we by 2012 or 13 we um, the first of January of one of those years we finally uh, you know officially ended uh, the censorship board and the what was remain uh, remained was merely the board that set the rating. But if but if you were aiming for a 15 rating anyway, which is the highest one, they didn't need to screen the thing, and that was lucky because just a few months after we got a Serbian film on DVD and Blu-ray, <laughs> and uh, we I think we were the first country that officially released it uncut because they didn't need to to screen it uh, because the law is that uh, we need to put a rating on it and. The rest we leave up to the consumer. Still, major outlets like Disc Shop, which was one of the big sites to buy uh, movies from, they went all like, well, we disapprove of this stuff and we are not going to stock it. Yeah. You know, what, what, what? They even like put up these uh, editorials on their site. I mean, man, it's 2012. Let people make up their own mind. We haven't censored stuff since Casino. We, <laughs> we still had the censorship board, but they weren't doing anything because they didn't object to anything. Right, and then in 2012 or whatever, they sort of, well, let's just officially get rid of it. Like, we're not doing anything here anyway. That's the one thing that I do like about American cinema is the fact that, uh, yeah, the MPAA, it's purely voluntary. You really do not have to go to those fucks if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, you know, my movie costs $300 million, and if I don't get the rating, the theaters aren't going to show it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You're the one who made the $300 million movie, you know what I'm saying? You bought into that contract, and you said you were going to make that. But if you want to make American guinea pig, you want to watch women get their faces slit open and stuff like that, well, shit, you know? Release them DVD, put it on your website. I mean, fuck, Best Buy was carrying American guinea pig, or not American guinea pig, but the guinea pig series back when they sold DVDs, you know? I remember the days when they sold DVDs. God, I remember Suncoast, PT, friggin' stores in the mall. Right, Joshua, we, we can do whatever we want. It's Christmas, so that's why extended talk is more than okay. <laughs> but let, let's uh, run through some contact information really quickly and get to my neighbors or phantoms. Our non-category free time here. It's, um, it's leasing one scene, essentially. And, but what a scene. What a scene. Mm. So we'll get to uh, stuff involving subtitles like, uh, I'm scared, I have a book. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is this is this week's least a christmas special on the podcast on fire network we are on podcast along with all our other shows on hong kong movies proper hong kong movies japanese movies korean movies and uh, even bonus episodes every now and again said email to email quicksand porn 2 is podcast on fire at googlemail.com. I haven't forgotten about that <laughs> that easily. That, that'll stick with me. On the top of our website, there's some handy buttons to our social media, our Facebook page, which will lead you to our discussion group that you're very welcome to join. Our Twitter, 
our iTunes, uh, so subscribe to it and uh, leave a little star rating and a comment if you have the time. And also to Stitcher Radio where you can stream us either on their website or the applications available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And I review these kind of filthy movies and even proper movies either from Hong Kong, Taiwan, from the minds of Godfrey Ho or from the minds of uh, Phil Mark, which is not Godfrey Ho, over at SoGoodReviews.com and my little video hub is LazyKVideo.com and my Twitter is at SoGoodReviews. And a little shout out and Merry Christmas to Brian Kirby, the always helpful man behind Shell's Life Clothing. Helped out with music for his show. His uh, t-shirt store is still going strong. So I'm sure there's some things that you can stuff in the stocking that could be from Shelf Life Clothing. Like the Caucasians t-shirt or uh, some cool um, fake movie posters on a t-shirt you know i i I love that stuff in particular from brian he makes up these fake kaiju movies that sound awesome and then he makes them in the style of old japanese 50s and 60s posters yeah so that's like like zero sore versus wolf human is one of his fake (laughs) movies which is filmed in shelf scope oh yeah and I don't know if you put it, put this on a on a t-shirt, but uh, one of my favorites is also his fake Django movie, uh, Django contra Dracula. So it's Django <laughs> versus Dracula, and it's directed by Briani Kerbucci, Brian Kirby, Briani Kerbucci. <laughs> So there it is. And uh, you do a podcast every now and again, and uh, it's so not uh, even if it's sporadic, it's still out there. So plug away. The Trashy Trio. You can find us via Google because I can never remember the exact address to the Libsyn account. But uh, check us out. Uh, yeah, well, I'm about to obviously become more active in everything, but I'm still kind of getting. I just moved into a new apartment. School just ended. I'm getting ready for boards, but there's about to be some stuff popping over there so keep an eye out well uh you always have uh we, we say these these things behind closed doors but uh, i can say it officially you always uh have uh, uh me available to you if you want some help to edit and speed up the releasing process because i don't do anything over here like okay I, or rather i don't leave <laughs> so that's that's the that's the main component i you know uh eat sleep go to work come back and sit here <laughs> Uh, but then we're going to take a short musical break, and after that, we're going to have some Christmas fun with My Neighbors Are Phantoms. Not released at Christmas, not about Christmas, but it's our Christmas treat. Watching Charlie being a pervert in a lower rating. Essentially, we're getting closer to kids' entertainment featuring Charlie. <laughs> we're dangerously close to kids' entertainment. Like, look at Charlie, what's the man doing? Like, oh, he's got a helicopter, that's cute. <laughs> Is that a periscope? What's he doing? Cute. Like, uh, like uh, what was it I read uh, on my... I put up a clip years ago of my very bad VHS version of it where someone says, it's Benny Hill on steroids. Oh, my God. And I just remember this, the music in that scene we're going to sort of break down. It, you, Yeah, it's pretty much Benny Hill. Cute. Pervert. Not category free. So after the break, we'll talk of My Neighbors Are Phantoms from 1990. So sit tight. Just 
So welcome back, my neighbors are phantoms from 1990 is our first Christmas review, a plot from my review of the film, Nat Chan plays Dragon, who falls head over heels in love with Xu Xin, played by Charla Chung, but fellow cop friends and sisters of Dragon realize that spirits reside next door and tries to stop the plan that they have, uh, they're, they're attempting to collect uh, enough blood to unleash Unleash hell on earth. You know, Satan, hell on earth. Jolly Joe. Pervert, pervert. It's a very, very metal scenario, this. Uh, yeah. But, but Su Sin, as it turns out, is kind and then it's merely, uh, in, you know, controlled by the other blood sucking spirit. So a mission to lay her spirit to rest becomes a priority too. And Charlie Cho appears uh, for two scenes and makes the most out of his uh, out of his screen time. So my short opinion, first of all, by mixing low bro uh, brow humor, low bro humor, <laughs> low bro five humor, <laughs> brow humor. <laughs> if there's gonna be a thing in 2016 called low bro five humor, we're gonna so, sort of uh, it's a new comedic mo- movement. <laughs> Watch this space. But by mixing that kind of low humor, because Amy Yip is in the cast list, I mean, draw your own conclusions as to what low means here. What's, what's the joke gonna be? Amy Yip. Hmm. Mm. But, and it also has cheap budget, uh, cheap, uh, special effects uh, done on, uh, you know, the whole, whole movie is really low budget. But My Neighbors of Phantom certainly is very enjoyable. I mean, it sets itself up as something very annoying. But it's such an enjoyable, energetic time, and uh, sort of both sides of uh, the moods attempted here merge well because there's uh, there's some gruesome, sort of horrific sights here in between the largely light-hearted stuff. It's not a scary movie, but it isn't afraid to sort of push for a little bit of gore element. So uh, that's Robert Creative. In short, what do you want to say about My Neighbors Are Phantoms? Well, Phantoms. The only thing I can really say about it is that Ben Affleck was just the bomb in it you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, it was the bomb in my neighbors are phantoms yeah, yeah. what's the no. peter tool in that movie as well so it's like peter tool was the bomb in phantoms he was probably high as well during that movie you remember caligula he, he, he was said to be like uh, he was sober oh, but he, he was smoking uh, during caligula so if you watch that performance peter tool is having a ball i bet he is playing playing tiberius who also has like uh Syphilis in that movie, so that's why he looks uh, as ragged as he does in Caligula. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, normally I'm not one for these uh, Chinese mystical movies. I know you're a much bigger fan of them than I am, like Peacock King and stuff like that. You know, it's hard for me to get into those type of movies. But uh, my neighbors are phantoms. I-, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I feel like it's definitely from that same like little subgenre. But I find it to be much more interesting and entertaining. I think it's the screwball comedy, you know, because even though it's, you know, typical wah type of stuff, it even ends with a wah. But I feel like it's done in a way that's uh, less cheap. I feel like a lot of the jokes and stuff are just just corny enough to work. Yeah, it's, it's infectious enough where it, it, really it, it could have been very annoying. And uh, this is uh, Wong Jing who wrote and produced and, and really, you could argue he directed it as well. He uh, because he's uh, paws all over it. But the uh, uh, director is uh, Lao Chut Yu, who was um, the co-director of Saga of the Phoenix, which is the second yes. Peacock King movie. Uh, which everybody hates. I love Saga of the Phoenix for some reason. <sighs> it's a uh, it has that little gremlin that everybody hates, uh, like the Jar Jar Binks of that movie. For some oh, <laughs> Lord. 
you know, I I, I saw I, I very much agree. It is one of the better uh, better more um, entertaining efforts of its kind. Uh, but by now, Hong Kong cinema in 1990 knew how to shoot moody and frantic supernatural scenes on a budget. If you think of the opening where the priest, I suppose, is uh, chanting, and you got the the breathing door of parchments plus the light effect whenever the door breathes in, if you will. Uh, and that kind of stuff totally works. You know, that that is on a budget, yes, and but it's it's there. It's physical and it's it's uh, it gets the point across that there's so, something supernatural wanting to burst through the door and that uh, that was something Hong Kong cinema knew so well even in their sleep. It seems like uh, well just set it up that way, that way and we'll shoot it and we'll move on. It was not this two week kind of effect to accomplish anything like that. So and and also it's a movie where everyone is fair game because I think an old lady is like kicked in the stomach in the first scene as well. Like essentially they beat the shit up, they beat her. Yeah, they beat her. Wong Jing and the likes of Sam Hong always uh, had that stance that everybody's fair game. You know, women, men, and all of that. So, but you know, you know Hong Kong cinema also that it starts dark. It's gonna be a switch here to light. You know, and you can hear it on the soundtrack as well, normally, when they switch to the light stuff. Nat Chan is in this movie, one of Wong Jing's very best friends, and he normally doesn't play the broody hero cop or anything, that bad old supernatural stuff. No, Nat Chan is a dumbass, and he loves to play a dumbass. <laughs> but, you know, when all is said and done, I mean, you sort of answer it, but I'll ask it anyway in a different way. Is the mixture fun going from dark to light back to a little bit of dark and back to light again and sort of having them merge as well i mean is it fun and energetic i you know i can't tell if i'm just used to the the switch ups or what but yeah it felt very organic in the movie to me just for example like the early part of the film where we we see the brutal home invasion everything like that and then we see the same guys who committed the home invasion get you know shot and there's a big action sequence with like guns and a shootout and it's like crazy and then we see you know they've seen this painting or whatever in this house and they've uh become enchanted by it at least you know one of the main villains or um, you'd think he's gonna be a main villain he ends up breaking his own arm off that's in handcuffs and it's left a gruesome stump and you know all of this is pretty dark but then we cut to charlie cho driving down the street and and uh we'll hold off on recapping that entire scene because we need to but right. Uh, you're right the switch is there and even and, the music is there it's like you know it goes dun, 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 you know to whatever or to like charlie cho here you go yeah it's charlie cho and book but you're right i i i love it it doesn't just work when it's dark to light. It works from when it's light to dark and where the quick switch is back and forth as well. But, you know, even banter is somewhat fun in the, in the precinct in the police station before where, yeah. uh, Chung Fa, the, the Taoist priest uh, here, and, uh, he's been in uh, one of these uh, Mr. Vampire movies, was part of, uh, Sam Hong's, uh, stunt crew and a very funny motherfucker. I mean, he's in uh, yeah. Spook Encounters as well. He's the second, uh, Taoist priest in Spook Encounters, Sam Hong's movie. But, uh, you know, he performs this, uh, handcuff trick and, uh, oh, yeah. you're amazing. Do it to me. Do it to me. Like, not Chan. Like, put me in handcuffs. And then he swallows the key because that's what he did. And the thing is that he just faked swallowing the key, puts it under his tongue and not Chan has swallowed the key. What are we gonna do? He needs to get it out. So maybe you know this. You're educated, motherfucker. Like they, <laughs> they, they say, 
like eat Epsom salt to loosen himself up. That will act as a laxative. You know, is that at all true? You think salt? Uh, know nothing about that <laughs> i've never heard of that in a hospital but uh it's probably as realistic as instant aphrodisiac as you see in these movies oh yeah. i'm so hot <laughs> oh god <laughs> but yeah so you get poop humor obviously and uh he needs to shit it, shit it out and uh you know cheery music and then you're right boom action scene bad guys are out there we gotta shoot stuff now and uh, it sh- it shouldn't logically work because that's two movies but that's the charm and maybe i'm desensitized too mm-hmm. but that is still effing charming to me i think so and, and it works for the era right? it's era specific you can't do that now because you it's not a market that is willing to be so reckless with moods yeah. you know but it's not too stuffed though i think it, it that it decides on a couple of things it wants to do and switch into and switch from like, like it doesn't do too much you know what i mean like uh, the, the horror aspect is what it is and uh the cop aspect is what it is, and uh, and uh, when we meet his sisters, not Chan's sisters, we, that is what it is. And when we meet Amy Yip, that is really where it is. Like that, that's the comedic <laughs> gems of the movie outside of Charlie Chow. Uh, I I wanted to uh, single out a little moment I thought was very clever. Uh, again, not Chan just because it's a dumbass doesn't turn into giant fat uh, when action is concerned. <laughs> you remember the little beat where he picked up the gun. Uh, it's on the ground and he picks it up and kicks it to himself and he's supposed to and he's supposed to land in his hand but he kicks it into his own forehead of course and then he has and then he tries to go with two guns and he tries to use the new one so he tucks the other one in his pants and of course we get this shot where the uh the new or his old gun falls from his belt buckle down his pants and falls out of his pants because he's an idiot which is a good little deconstruction of uh, heroic bloodshed at uh... right just because you put a gun in someone's hand, then it it doesn't automatically become, you know, hard-boiled or anything. Right. Which I like. But, you know, for heaven's sake, we need a thorough recap of Charlie's in two scenes here. And the second one is uh, woefully short. But he makes the most out of his first scene. And again, Charlie had sort of started appearing in adult material a little bit more. But it's, it wasn't frequent. But for some reason, maybe it started here or shortly before that, the thought was that... I think we can use him that way, you know, and he's willing to be used that way. He's good at that stuff, you know. He's really good. And later in the 90s, it was uh, also very uh, a given that he would take his clothes off and have sex with beautiful women and sometimes rape them. I mean, it was was a decade of Charlie, half half a decade. Whatever the art called for him to do game actor but uh, what happens here i mean uh, you it's the tail end of that whole chase of the bad guys as you said and charlie enters uh, in a in a fashion that it's uh, beautiful so let's start uh, deconstructing this scene and recapping it because it needs to all right so charlie's driving down the street a winding road in hong kong and and, and very happy and jolly like la, 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 la. La, la, la. he's whistling i believe <laughs> he's nodding his head back and forth the common citizen, if you will. Of course. <laughs> and so, you know, we have this armless gentleman who is, you know, inhabited in his mind by ghosts. And uh, he tries to latch a ride onto uh, Charlie's vehicle. And uh, he throw, I believe he throws the picture frame in the back seat, right? In the meantime, as he's like hanging on the vehicle, like Charlie starts beating him off to the vehicle you know like what was that shooting. whoa <laughs> well what, what did he beating him off in the vehicle is that well, the, is it? not a category free movie joshua <laughs> well in my world that's what i saw again i don't know 
through my eyes for my filter. He was beating him off. For like 15 minutes, he's just straight jacking this guy off. Like, it's unbelievable. I'm not sure you need to be a Josh, a nurse, Joshua, <laughs> anymore. So, yeah, so he beats this guy, and uh, the guy ends up flying off the side of the vehicle and landing underneath a truck, of course, killing him instantly. Pretty brutal stuff, that, that, that beat, yeah. right? Because the stuntman, or, uh, well, it's it's probably a dummy, but it's quite, as edited, the scene is quite effective because he slams into the car and then under the car, and you know. And that's, uh, and then you maybe see him on the road, all bloodied and what have you. So, and knowing you know that this movie follows, of course, close to reality, Charlie's just like unfazed by his committing of murder, basically right there. <laughs> but the reason why is because he has book. He has book. He has book. What kind of book does he have? The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does he seek solace in the <laughs> in the, the words of our of Lord? <laughs> yeah, uh, close. It's uh, basically like Chinese hustler. Couple of them in the front seat, because you, you can when you when you're driving out in a convertible, that's where you place your stash. Right, right in the front seat. I mean, right next to you. Charlie's words are what? Um, oh, I could have been nervous. Thank goodness I have book. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm scared. I have book. Like, like I'm scared, and then he realizes he but has I have book. book. <laughs> The lesson, lesson, kids, is that as long as you have porn beside you, you will be able to relax again. And uh, do, and he, he does relax because he arrives home and he is super happy now. Yeah. I mean, as long as you have porn, you can do anything. He arrives at home and uh, his home what is... What a home like, it is. What a home it is. Decorated with, like, what do you call it? Like, pinnut stands or, like, the cardboard stands of women and like yeah, he uh, has like a mannequin in his uh like, like a mannequin from a from yeah. a department store it looks like he has that in his apartment but 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 it's made into a chair blow up dolls fucking porn everywhere yeah, like a mural like a big uh nude mural and i think where the titty is he's there's like a compartment there that he opens so he's uh obviously constructed <laughs> this as a man should <laughs> <laughs> but he has his little routine dude because he sits down in the sort of mannequin chair has a little bit of drink and then he says no time for this now <laughs> like it. Says, so charlie's got like video uh camera set up to watch his neighbors which are two beautiful women including Ch- ching miao wong jing's uh back then girlfriend who was in every wong jing movie uh essentially uh, one of them is a uh, ching miao who's the girl with the little chubby cheeks do you know I don't know. It might be looking at the cost list. Uh, it's it might be one of those unknowns. It's not Mondi Yao. I think I know Mondi Yao, but uh, there's someone, someone literally listed as Cutie Moi, Cutie <laughs> Moi Sui. It might have been her. I, I don't recognize her from a lot of stuff, so that's why I'm that uncertain. That sounds right. It's the girl that goes like, <laughs> yeah, she does do that a lot too, with the the virginal girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh. Yeah, Charlie's you know got his video camera set up. Makes you wonder how many times he's recorded these girls nude. Yep, I mean it, because it doesn't set this up. Then it's already there. Like, like the tent is there. The bright, the bright tent. I mean it's it's in daylight. He does this in daylight. He's that confident, and the tent is like red. It looks like a it, like a circus tent. Multicolored and shit. Uh, so he's got that, and then in the middle of it, where the like the seams tie together, he's got a stupid camera right there, like watching the girls. And of course, they know about the situation, so they immediately cover up. And 
they to scare him off uh, the the poster that they unfold i think is of action actress sibel who oh, i, I yeah. think that's her so it's sort of like that's gonna scare him off which is such an obscure reference really it's not like they have michelle yo on there or any uh-huh. somewhat bigger action actress but i think it's sibel who if uh, but correct me if i'm wrong with a baseball bat right yeah uh, yeah or stance or a baseball bat or something like that yeah and I love the subtitles because she says something like and then something in Chinese and it's like uh, the subtitle is I change. <laughs> so like is I and then whatever she says in Cantonese is change. Change. So does he give up? I mean, uh, all, cl- clearly, clearly this didn't work. So he probably goes to bed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, he doesn't want to get in trouble with the law, you know, so Charlie just goes to bed and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> My name it was is Phantoms, ladies and gents. <laughs> no. <laughs> Charlie, of course, I mean, does the only thing really you can do at that point, and he gets a giant fucking periscope, like, <laughs> out of a submarine. I mean, it's such a cartoony moment where it, it's way too big to carry. It's I mean, like two stories. I mean, this thing's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and it works. And it looks like, I don't know if Charlie's just acting. But it looks heavy the way he's carrying it. <laughs> like it really looks like there's weight to this stupid prop. What do you put and, uh, that stuff? I don't know. <laughs> it looks big. It looks like too big to store. Yeah, it's not even going. In. I mean, he's got to have that just sitting in the backyard, laying on the ground. I mean, where else you put it? It's not going in. The well, it, it may look innocent enough when it's just on the ground there. Well, he probably ripped the pipes out of his house or something. Like, jeez, we have a good neighbor. <laughs> it's it's a very large. Uh, apparatus and uh as he's trying to do it uh and trying to look through it there's even a zoom on the periscope like it zooms further these are technically savvy people all right oh yeah they're <laughs> is it that the name of the uh youtube video yep, yep, that's what i named it <laughs> yep <laughs> look it up people i mean you'll share it with the uh the episode right yes i will yes i will because it, not like this is the only good scene in the movie but man is this a there's a charlie joe reference material like uh, i'm gonna send it to criterion to make sure they realize that this is something you need to box up with a lot of movies it starts here i, I was more familiar with that scene than probably anything i've seen that scene now how, i don't know how long you've had that uploaded but i've seen it since the beginning i've watched it so many times even people you don't expect to know of charlie joe or even this movie they, they, not because of my clip, but they sort of know of this scene because it's cartoony and very bonkers, obviously. Yeah. The periscope doesn't uh, end up working, and Charlie tries one last game, and uh, he goes to his uh, remote-controlled helicopter, which he duct-tapes, basically, a camera to the side of it. <laughs> like a light helicopter with probably a very heavy camera on it. The camera's... Uh wireless too right or does that yep yep he uh he's obviously he's monitoring this and having a ball monitoring this uh and the 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 range of the um the the radio signal to the to the chopper is pretty damn impressive because he's indoors <laughs> and steering it <laughs> and i was sitting there in front of the bank of monitors and having a ball just la, 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 i'm doing it i'm doing it this is me <laughs> and the girls end up uh nailing the helicopter with like a uh slingshot yeah blows it up to uh like 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 they threw a grenade at it so yeah violent explosion i mean it, it's like he raided q lab essentially like the, the very like filthy naughty section of q lab that they never the stuff they never gave to james bond like to just sort of like if we have an agent in the field that where it sort of makes sense that we equip this stuff with we'll, we'll put it out but uh, for now we'll store it but uh, nope charlie raided them how much more better with the movie have been if they were like 
two or three more of these sequences. Yeah, yeah, because it's sort of the end of his um, scenario here, because the ghost scenario is obviously still close to us, and the photograph, the key sort of plot element of the photograph, is going to rear itself, uh, rear its head again, so to say. And uh, Charlie is out of the picture. How, Joshua? Well, the ghosts end up uh well i mean there, there's only one ghost the rest are what uh what do i call them? Uh, they're dwar- not dwarves or what are they you said elves to me elves that's what it is <laughs> it sounds, sounds very like like now peter jackson is into this movie like we got el- <laughs> we got elves and shit they call themselves that but really they're just vampires is what they appear to be yeah so charlie is he, he brings the photo that was you know left by the armless man in the back of his uh car brings that inside hangs it up for you know, no good reason. It doesn't fit, to... dude, either, because all of these frames, they fit very well, like, yeah. and, and this sort of just breaks the uh, aesthetics all of a sudden, but it is, he's uh, transfixed by it, obviously. It's, there's some, something he there. Sees, he sees two beautiful women in it, you know, the you know, one ghost and one uh, elf. Mm. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> they start beckoning to Charlie and calling to Charlie, and uh, that ultimately leads to Charlie getting stuck black and white inside of the photo, and all of the, you know, the ghosts and elves out into the real world. And they take over the house. They are now the neighbors, the phantom the neighbors. neighbors the I, I lo- love that the freeze frame of Charlie is essentially his, him just sort of like pushing a, pushing against the window and wanting to get out. So it's, yeah. uh, so it's, um, very, it's a very strange photograph that, they, uh, that he's uh, stuck in there for. He's not sitting down on the couch or anything. He's just stuck. When that picture is finally noticed by the you know, original neighbors, the girls, that when they come over, they're just like, oh, we, we left this photo here of our previous neighbor so that we could, like, know what came before us or some <laughs> shit. The honorable thing to do. Yeah, yeah, like, so stupid. They're, they're very gothic vampires, too. They, they're sort of, I like the dress. They, they don't um, adjust to the real world, so they're, they're sort of... This movie uh, just reminds me so much of the burbs with, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with... Um, well, what's his face? Been a you know, Tom Hanks and Harry Stanton Hanks, yeah. and uh, Carrie Fisher. I like, it, it's very Burbs esque, but uh, even you know sillier. Well, in the Burbs, you you didn't have a character called Biggie Sang <laughs> because that, that that brings us to the subject of Amy Yip. I mean, I'm not judging here, right? But right. the plot here is that Natchan, who's a dumbass, he's not that good good looking of a man. I'm not either. I'm just saying that he isn't. They are uh, set to be married. I mean, uh, she's his fiance. She is uh, sort of uh, wants to push him in the right direction to do something with his life and uh, apply for a promotion. And you know, she's nagging essentially. I'm not being uh, being down on women or anything, but she is nagging him all the time. And she's called Biggie Sang. And as you all know, Amy Yips, main asset. She, she was a funny actress and a good dramatic actress, but they won. They they sent the jokes around her breasts. Of course. I mean, as you would. <laughs> you know, even that uh, scene where she argues with, I believe, Chung Fa, the Taoist priest that gets drunk mostly throughout the rest of the movie after seeming helpful <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> he, She sort of argues with him by putting her boobs in his face. Not like in this strange kung fu way, like beating him across the room or anything. No, just giving him sort of permission to motivate her. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> like, she oh my god, I'm I'm defeated. How terrible. <laughs> I, I don't even think face. he says that. He's just like, he's like, that was great, or something like that, right afterwards. So it was like completely pointless, and she should have known better. 
but 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 she does uh, the the this scene as well. I mean, to sort of uh, deconstruct as well. Uh, Vitaly's priest do know his uh, stuff. He can perform magic, so he inflate he inflates her because she's not inflated enough. Which was very. It was a really good effect, I have to say. When uh, her shirt busted open, it looked like a real chest. You know. Yep. Yeah. Very much so. Like, look at Hong Kong cinema being low, but being technically technically able at the same time. Yeah. And God, is she a good sport. I mean, I've always loved that about her. She's such a good sport. Because you would have thought after the first or second movie or you know, the first minute, that like, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> this is like lazy. But she was such a good sport, man. And it's funny. It is funny. It's not uh, cring- in- like cringeworthy or anything. It's like, uh, Biggie Tsang, you got me a movie. You know, Inflator Breasts, you got me a movie. <laughs> it's a great scene. And, you know, she's good in it. I mean, she could use a little more screen time. But, you know, for what she's in there, she's good. And uh, for, even for the supernatural stuff later in the movie, they, they do uh, make sure to uh, to highlight the fact that she has big breasts as well. So, In case you forgot. But it's all beautifully paced. I mean, I, I think it's on point. It doesn't drag. Um, mm-hmm. we, I, I never thought that. And uh, it's... Uh, just um just a, uh, quite a delight i mean later when they're invited to the neighbor's home only amy Yip, i think sees that all the cops they they uh are they think they're eating you know whatever ice cream or something i don't yeah. remember but in fact they're eating like pulsating brains the and baby uh, leg jesus yeah it, it it looks very like or it's, it's a baby doll leg but still mm-hmm. it's uh, it's sold very well like i like that it pushes for dark and gruesome and goofy mixed mm. uh, you know and uh, one of my favorite subtitles from this uh section where is it uh, i'm gonna look for it and maybe edit this out but uh, oh yeah uh, uh someone says to the cop with the glasses who's like blinking and like twitching or whatever what are you doing uh, and, and he says something like i'm love messy I'm, I'm love message transmitting or something like that. He's flirting is what he's doing. I mean, I, but they use that term love message transmitting or transmission. But That's why you get the girls, dude. Is not Chan, you know, tolerable at all? I mean, he is normally something that people detest in these movies. Um, um, you know, the main cop dragon. Oh, what do you think of Nat Chan in general? Oh, I thought he was great. I mean, he... He's a dumpy man, and <laughs> you, you know you kind of get the feeling uh, for what his character is five seconds in. But he goes the rest of the movie, and you're still with him. And even though he's an idiot who doesn't deserve the girls he gets, you still kind of he's a likable doofus, I think. And for for some reason, they inject this uh, point of him uh, sort of training for a competition, where the competition is that you have to tell a good, dirty joke. In That's front of so judges, that, that was so, so stupid. Weird. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm trying to read the joke with these, these uh, flawed subtitles, but yeah, nope, can't say I found that funny. But uh, his, his audience is very like, oh, oh, oh my god, what a punchline! It's you think, so... what was it? It was uh, oh yeah, it was like basically the, the joke, which I'll paraphrase. It was that uh, two guys were going to a bar, and uh, they would do some, they would drink, drink, drink on a tab, and then they would. Uh, the first guy would pull a hot dog sausage out of his pants and the other guy would suck it and that would get them both kicked out of the bar. So they go to the next bar. They do it again. It works. They go to the next bar. Do it again. It works. They get all the way to their sixth or seventh bar and uh, oh, yeah. finally they're like, you know, one guy's like tired of sucking on the sausage. You know, he's like, look, man, you know, I, just, I can't do this. I'm getting tired. My jaw's hurting sucking this sausage. And he's like, you're tired. I lost the sausage after the third bar. 
Heyo! Heyo! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you tell it because he's sort of like this. Yeah, yeah, he he makes it go way too long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know that that is charming in a way. I've I've, I've liked Nat Chan better in movies like Magic Crystal, and uh, but um, it, he's 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 serviceable. I mean, it's sort of half cute the the courting that he does with uh, Charla Chung's uh, character, you know, the the likable and kind elf. If you will and they do sort of yeah like kids this is 90s courting right like pre-snapchat or anything like that you did shadow puppetry together absolutely <laughs> remember those, those times joshua when you did shadow puppetry with your <laughs> with your with the girl that you had a crush on and then when she did the freaking uh spider that looked like the uh creature out of the thing that didn't it look like that? yeah did. Yeah, to- <laughs> totally totally that's a cre- creepy head and those legs yeah and he's just like huh that's interesting like uh, try to get his fingers together and like nope can't do it and and she's obviously can uh, mutate a little bit being being uh, dead <laughs> being being dead yeah, yeah but but, but but you get very uh it's sort of it's sort of delightful i mean he is um under her spell because she is asked to uh you know bring him in bring in his blood so but uh, they go around in this uh, paper car obviously one of these yeah, uh, i was gonna mention that that was really kind of cool it's it's one of the it's way I don't think they burn in big cars like that. It, it you know they burn paper effigies. I think it's called for for people to have after they died. You know they do it at funerals. But here they drive around in a big paper car, which everyone sees but him because he thinks he's driving a Porsche or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I love when they stop by the traffic cops because it, it's a slow moving car, right? So he trucks along and traffic cop stops him, and she sends the little pew. And they're sort of like, wow, congratulations on great speed, 170 kilometers per hour, have money. (laughs) (laughs) So it's sort of like, wow, this is great. I mean, I never experienced this. It was strange because, like, they show the car moving and it looks like it's going very slow. But even before the cops are hypnotized, though, he's still saying, oh, clock that car at 160 kilometers, you know. So I don't know. I mean, either it was moving slow. I don't know what the fuck happened, but it was a really funny scene. And uh, yeah, what else is there to say? I mean, we we established that it's um, that it's delightful. I mean, I, I I've um, I had some sub. Oh, I had a wonderful subtitle here. I really like Chung Fat's role. I mean, they they sort of you think he's gonna lead this assault on on the Phantoms, but he at one point he's all drunk and passed out, and he's uh, sort of he, he takes a step back because even when he sets up all the girls and stuff with. Uh, the ghost catching, um, uh, you know, papers and the parchments and mm-hmm. uh, and the little uh, string that they're going to tie them down with and pull them to the roof and you know all the stuff you see in Mister Vampire. Uh, the tail end of that scene, the whole de- briefing, if you will, uh, Ching Miao or Cutie Mui, uh, Cutie, if that is indeed her, says, the, "Oh, I believe that's Taoist catching paper." <laughs> no, it's mainland China toilet paper. I have, I have no time to shit when I catch the ghost. Essentially, he needs to shit before he goes out. But then he never participates. I don't, like, he no. isn't in the house with them when all the shit goes down. So, But but I love that. Like, yeah, I know what that is. Taoist catching paper. Nope. <laughs> it's toilet paper. Mainland China toilet paper. It, it said that he's Taiwanese, too. So they, they sort of judge, uh, joke about that. Like, speak Cantonese, man. Uh, but... Uh, 
majority of the dub is him speaking Cantonese. So, but uh, there, there is some more local jokes there, maybe inoffensive jokes either towards mainland or the Taiwanese. But uh, that's what they do with uh, Chung Fa uh, character. But uh, I'm 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 always in with uh, a movie from this time with that uses such intense blue and green for the cinematography. I mean, ju- ju- just think of the scene in the house, that extended scene where they try to catch all the ghosts and all of that. That stuff's just. <sighs> I don't know what it is, but it just plays, it fits my aesthetic uh, sort of uh, thinking, I suppose, or my li- like of it. It's so freaking simple, but so, I don't know, it has such an artistic payoff to they it. Drown like, it. They, they drown it, and they drown that. It's not like a little highlight here and there, but they, they just drown that shit in uh, And it's not the camera filter either. I think they, they just light that stuff. They do. It's like something from the... Uh... You know the early days of color, you know, in those early horror movies and stuff like that, where they put that green light on the characters and stuff like that. And that's what, like there's that sequence in the film where um, the ghost girl brings over our you know main protagonist, and like he's oblivious to all the you know uh, what do you call them uh, dwarves or what elves around him. And <laughs> you're, stuff like you're, that. You're, you're focused on the dwarves. There must be dwarves somewhere <laughs> in this picture. <laughs> I mean, what does it matter? You know, it's like it doesn't make any sense. How about I just call them vampires because it's really what the fuck they are. But uh, <laughs> So, like, you know, he's not paying attention to the vampires around him, but, like, she is, and she's like, keeps drawing his attention away. And behind him, you see, like, there's a, a, a shot where the uh, motherly type uh, vampire goes from being normal to, like, you know, basically stepping into the green lighting. And all of a sudden, you know, she's the... Uh, you know, vampire now with the long nails and yeah. blah, 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 and the teeth. The teeth, which are kind of awful, I have to say. But, you know, there's even a scene where we see both of them behind him, and they're doing their creep thing, but then the dad just kind of, like, you know, relaxes and walks out of it, and he's, like, kind of a normal color, you know? It's it's simple, but, you know, highly effective. I think it's great. And you bring up a point there that they don't really try to be scary here that no. it's it's sort of part of the charm that when you see them with the full vampire teeth out that it's you know they're they're they're, they're those kind of teeth that you can buy yeah they really are like little halloween teeth <laughs> yeah so but it's a nice i don't mind that i think the, the movie is uh, on point uh, trying to mix a little bit of gruesome but it doesn't need to be hardcore horror uh necessarily uh but it's there's a nice escalation of frantic when they are in the house and try have the like the holy water there and the little string that i said that nice escalation uh, there's an example of when they, they they're supposed to drink the holy water and then spit them at the vampire and the two of the girls do and they sneak up on each other and they almost spit it in each other's faces and they have to go and do hand signals and all of that and then there is someone behind one of the girls and when they spit at that uh, vampire whether it's the mother or the fatherly type the, you, you get this like brief flash of special effects these orange uh, lightning effects uh, and uh, a really like frantic edit and then they're out of the room and that stuff man as simple as it is even though I don't know how to do it totally works for me way better than any sophisticated way to convey it today you know what I mean like yeah. because the the water hits her and like you know she gets all electrocuted but it's not electricity it's the effects uh, were really you know for this type of film and everything they really were well done they don't look exactly like little hand drawings like you'll see sometimes no not at all i mean they, they knew that stuff very very well as soon as they started doing it more from mr vampire and onwards they re and i, I always prefer that those kind of effects they look quite they're obviously not physical but it's not a painting to me as no. such uh, 
ju- just when they made, uh, as you probably alluded to right now, when they started making cartoons, essentially, like, right. like ooh, spooky, a spooky cartoon, then, then it felt like someone drawn. On, right. like, like someone's four-year-old <laughs> drew on the print. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like even that thing where they hold down, the vampire down with that string and obviously the string gets animated as well in orange. Like those are confident effects touches to me. Really confident stuff. And I I've, I have seen so many of these, good and bad. And I, I'm still not tired of it. Yeah. I, I wish I knew more Cantonese and stuff because... Did you spot the multiple references when the the whole tongue is out, the sticky tongue is out? They reference Tom Cruise about three or four times when they try to avoid yeah. that sticky tongue. So handsome and so. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not. It's like one subtitle is like, "Oh my god, it's so sticky," but then it says in Chinese, like some some Chinese uh, signs and words, Tom Cruise, and then some more Chinese. <laughs> but but it's not even Tom Cruise in English below it, so. Yeah. They're, they're clearly Wong Jing is joking in some shape or form about like oh my god it's like Tom Cruise's tongue only it's not compelling or it's like oh my god avoid Tom Cruise's tongue it's so long <laughs> and sticky is that the Hong Kong view of Tom Cruise circa 1990 <laughs> <laughs> like like they're born on the 4th of July days of thunder Tom Cruise Jesus I don't know I don't know but it's uh, it's a wonderful scene because that uh, Amy Yip is obviously here too and everybody can avoid the tongue because everybody is flat chested guess listeners who can't avoid the tongue waka waka yep there it is there it is and uh it's it's so it is fun i mean it's not even the finale finale it is it's like half an hour of uh finale style of scenarios to be crude about it because it is this show after all it doesn't blow its wad too early or, or what do you think do, do you think it uh, like um, maintains uh, the pace even when we get the finale inside a photograph no i was i was with it but uh, i do think that it could have ended slightly quicker you know i think that some of that stuff could have really been kind of cut out i think that the the main like battle i guess you'd say is a little bit drawn out and uh it's not really completely like explained what's going on when like uh main character start hand starts turning white and you know I, that stuff you yeah eventually get it but it takes a while for you to kind of get it yeah yeah he can't be in there forever so after a while like the photograph starts consuming him so all of a sudden right. not chance hand turns white as you said his face turns black and then for some reason i don't ask me to explain this he appears in the photograph in the bruce lee tracksuit <laughs> <laughs> he sort of channels Bruce Lee's spirit to help him out or something, but he's not the he's not channeled and possessed by him because he's sort of crap at the nunchucks too, <laughs> and so it it's sort of like it's not Chan in a tracksuit. That's as much as we fought this through. Right. Let's just yeah. put him there. Like uh, the only joke there, like, like the only through line there is after a while the tracksuit is going to turn white because he's. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, getting consumed by the photograph. It's typical Wong Jing where, I, yeah, I, it's it's kind of fun, but I, it's not sort of signaled uh, and telegraphed this. And then when the girl is consumed by the photograph, she just turns black and white using trick photography. 
it, it, it's a fun little set that they have. They're still fairly low budget, but it's a fun little yeah. set. It's certainly not a common uh, scenario in a Hong Kong movie that uh, takes place uh, within a photograph. Charlie comes out for like a few seconds out of the photograph and is this big, big like big head spirit and what have you. And they sort of take him down really quickly. So it's uh, almost blink and you'll miss him. His second scene in the movie. It certainly isn't like. Uh, let me get back to my <laughs> to my perversions here. He's vampire man now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no longer pervert man. Like if, if he was in Hellraiser, he would have like had these, uh, like, like the periscope like impaled in him and like, <laughs> like the, the Cenobite pervert that even like Pinhead is like, come on, dude. Like uh, we have stuff to focus on here. <laughs> That's a like, movie right there. Yeah. I mean, at that point, in that or a year or two after, they they were that stupid with the Hellraiser franchise, you know, with Hell on Earth. <laughs> you know, they started to be that stupid. I'm 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 a little fan of that movie, not a big fan of it, but like the TV cameraman that comes by back as a centibite with the TV camera impaling him and like I'm gonna shoot you now, <laughs> like a, a scoop. Like, come on, I'll tolerate it, you know, but it's not great. I agree, I agree very much. Uh, I, I love a little joke. It was the end of my nose are almost over here. That uh, Again, they are making g- good fun of the heroic bloodshed genre. Nat Chan starts firing uh, guns and he has his glasses on. And he misses, you know, and he takes them off. Like, I can't believe anyone can fire with glasses on. I mean, you can't see anything. So these are off and now we can shoot properly. A little great touch, I thought. Yeah. Because uh, this was Hong Kong cinema at the time, a lot of over-the-top great heroic bloodshed but still over-the-top so it, it's great to poke fun at that uh, a little bit not classic and uh, super clever but uh, not too bad either it could have been it, you know it could have been cringe inducing that too but uh, you know I, I like it yeah, and to put Nat, Nat Chan in that situation and one of the best subtitles too is uh, where uh, Nat Chan manages to use the slow motion charm on a vampire successfully uh, because he sort of uh, shoots that charm you know pew 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 but but he manages to do it to himself. I was like, you idiot. <laughs> That's one of those moments. I'm he like, sees oh. his reflection and, ah, pew, and then he he is in slow motion and you get the best subtitle and it's said, it's written as an elongated lie because it's said slow because he moves and talks like this. And do you remember that particular subtitle? Uh, you're going to have to pull it out for it's me. It's a, what a deep shit. <laughs> With the little dashes in between. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's wonderful to have, like, it doesn't flow by quickly, but you get, no. like, a, a long Hong Kong subtitle. What a deep shit. <laughs> like, it's thinking back to it, it's like poopsie. Like, that was a deep shit. I remember it fondly. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And the movie ends how, Joshua? Like, the final shot of it all, uh, without context, you, you, you must remember the, uh, just before the credits roll. What do we get? Well, I remember the ayah, but like yep. who? Okay, you're gonna have to actually. They they jump in the me. air like they're scared of something, and then they all jump in the air, and then it freezes. Are we gonna talk about what they're scared of? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember. I remember it's a man in drag, but I don't. I didn't recognize the actor. Like he turns around, and I'm thinking maybe it's one of the two gentlemen, but dressed as a woman, like one of the yeah, two. Yeah, uh, it might have been the. Fe- uh, there's an actor in here called Felix Locke, essentially the uh, the leader of them. So maybe it's him in drag towards. It the just end. didn't. It just didn't look like him. But who knows? You know. Yeah. So it's like, or they're just you know freaked out by a guy dressed in women's clothing. I don't know. It's very Wong Jing. Like you can you yeah. can ca- you can count it down to it's gonna be jumping air freeze ending and then it's yeah. over. Like we we'll, we learn nothing. 
but we, oh, had, yeah. good, but we had a good time. <laughs> no. So there it is. Do you want to say anything else in particular about My Neighbors of Phantoms? It's a very silly movie, but it does silliness very well. So, I mean, I would count it as uh, definitely one of the probably best movies we've covered on this show. And the best Charlie Chow scene ever, despite not... Yeah, not being in it very much. They con- concentrated all of the Charliness into one scene. And uh, and it shows his energy is uh, so unique. You know, not everybody did this uh, particularly well. Uh, it's uh, a game actor, man. Maybe he didn't grow, get rich from appearing in so many movies, but certainly game. And when he can have, uh, you know, movie sex with a lot of people, then that's certainly not a bad gig. Even better. Wonder what he, what he thought of Hidden Desire. Like, uh, it's uh, to, to you know, maybe there's a reason he didn't do Dark Charlie or no, barely anyone did Dark Charlie in movies because that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think he he just saw a paycheck, so he's you know all right. And it runs for slow ten minutes in slow motion. Like my screen time is elongated. Oh my god. <laughs> Hidden Desire in the second half, but uh, let's talk availability a little, uh, really quick, uh, because uh, you can't really say too much about My Neighbors of Phantoms. There is none available, no availability at the time, as it never made it to DVD. There's been VCD, VHS, and definitely Laserdisc uh, versions of this. I think there's, uh, it's a universal Mayar Laserdisc. I think it's Mayar. But it's, it's one of those movies that time forgot. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you might find it on YouTube, uh, certainly on the torrent forums. Uh, you might find used copies on the format I mentioned, formats that I mentioned. And we don't aim to shut you out, listeners, but it's just kind of like this with Hong Kong cinema. Even stuff that's not even 10 years old is hard to find. So um, even now we're, when we're dealing with, God, 25-year-old movie? My math. <laughs> I was thinking, is it 35? No, it's probably a 25-year-old movie. You know, it doesn't matter. If some things can go out of print even if they're fairly recent. And, and, and this one never made it to a DVD. So there it is. But I hope you can find it because it's good fun. Uh, okay, let's take a Christmas break, Christmas podcast break, and talk of the actual Category 3 movie of this uh, episode. Now, we haven't abandoned the rating, we're not going into 2016, and like, we're lowering this. Now, it's it's uh, it's this week in sitting together and having a good chat podcast about healthy things. Not a snappy name, but that, it's a, that, that's not what we're doing for 2016. Like, this week in, what, what, what would be the family-friendly version of this, this week in... Uh, Pottery. This week in pottery, we're going to talk about how to make a a new vase. It's funny that you say that. I just listened to um, Mark Maron's interview with uh, Cheech and Chong on uh, WTF, the podcast. And uh, it's it's like one or two years old at that point. But uh, they, they were talking about their, their pre-Cheech and Chong days. And uh, like Cheech was into hugely into pottery at one point. That's why, why he went to Canada to sort of learn that more and assist more and stuff like that. And then he eventually met Tommy. <laughs> and they, 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 but, but yeah, they, they talked of pottery. Like, uh, you went into a pottery class just to impress a girl initially and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, uh, we will, uh, we might, uh, like, like that would be our April Fool's joke or, or something like, <laughs> like, like this week in all healthy things, you know, and politically correct things, you know. This week in children's cinema. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about cars from Pixar. Cars 2 as well. Hey, Cars like, uh, 2. Oh, boy. So let's talk some... What would be the grant that, op- that opens the show? Like, let's talk some children's cinema! <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Which, uh, which, which sounds kind of dodgy, so... Let's talk some playing! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, my God, he's going to talk playing with us, the bad man. <laughs> the bad nurse. 
Oh boy, yeah, we'll have a think of that during the break, and uh, after the break we conclude Christmas and this year with Hidden Desire from 1991, and uh, things turn dark. Charlie's in here, Charlie's in his element here in a year later, and uh, doing some sweet stuff, depending on who you are. <laughs> sweet Christmassy stuff that will make you feel good after watching this movie. Break out the eggnog. Uh, so we'll take a break and uh, we'll see you afterwards. Welcome back, and uh, now we um, we either decrease the Christmas spirit or increase the Christmas spirit, because now it's category free time. Now it's Charlie Cho in his element, and in the rating that he clearly evolved the most in, you know, and uh, we're going to talk of a movie that uh, is called Hidden Desire. Sounds uh, swell enough, kids. From 1991. I don't think that title is good for kids, though. Now that I think of a Hidden Desire, like, Ooh. is it about finding candy? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, it's not. You desire Tootsie Rolls? No. <laughs> but what it is about, and we're going to do a thing here where I relate the plot that I thought up in my head about the movie, about what it is about. And then Joshua will kind of, you know, cut to the core about what it really is about as well. So we're going to do dual plots here, the dueling plots. <laughs> 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 I'm going to tell you my version of the plot now. Ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> and the song's t- that song is tied with an infamous rape scene. So how fitting. Does it play during the scene, or is just? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's silenced during the scene. But you know, when people think of that, they think of. Uh... <laughs> I always think of it because it's it's in a song. They, they sample it in a. Um, have you ever heard of their uh, revolting cocks? The, yeah. Um, yeah. So they uh, in their song BSDs and queers. Uh, the, re- the remix version of B.S. Steers and Queers, they use uh, multiple uh, samples from uh, Squeal, Squeal, it's Get Him, it's Get Him. It's a great movie. Though. From a great movie, so mind you, so uh, there it is. But my plot, first of all, uh, company boss David, played by Gary Lamb, recounts how he lost both lust and love, having rela- relations with several women connected to his job as a company boss. After promoting Lynn, played by Sharon Kwok, they work well together professionally and romantically. And he even fires Charlie, played by Charlie Cho, after finding out he's been embezzling money. He takes range, but still loses love and lust. But uh, when a merger with a com- Japanese company happens and a uh, marriage with the owner's daughter, Reina Murakami, is on the cards, it seems finally David will commit. Or... Hidden Desire is the story of a rich daddy's boy who comes from the U.S. to take over his dad's company. Upon arrival, he fires the previous management, mishandles the company, and bankrupts it, allows it to be bought up by a Japanese company, all while he chases women. That's true. That's true as well. We even neglected to mention because uh, she's the poster girl for sure, but Veronica Yip is here as one of the girls. uh, One of the girls. In a supporting role, so, you know, you don't remember her at all. It's not like last year when we did Take Me, where oh she's God. front and center as Busty, you know. But uh, here's, uh, she's part of a very mopey movie. Yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, for my quick opinion, therefore, it's pretty much visual playtime for whole fun. 
and it's made in a very serious but barely strung together story of again lost love and lust and uh, and oddly insert the darkness for its uh, slow-mo rate finale doesn't sort of put a period to the whole thematic experience and we really understand what the movie is about it's just kind of just poor poorly dramatic and i gotta tell you a serious whole fun is not something i particularly enjoy <laughs> i like comedic whole fun going back to girl with the long hair going back to an episode uh two or two ago with wild at heart and stuff like that here's just like it looks great but uh serious whole fun is just uh kind of just a uh, mopey and emo this movie but uh there it is but uh what's your short opinion other than the uh, <laughs> uh mostly just uh not not like oh yeah but no like, no uh, like, uh, yeah it it's a drag to sit through um it is just a series of stupid office politics spread apart by like you know a ton of sex scenes like i, I like the usage of spread apart about sex scenes Oh man, we're getting in all kinds of yep, yep. today. You 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 but, probably wrote that last week, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working on it. You know, I, before I even watched the movie, I was like, "Yeah, yeah it's probably better. gonna come up." <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie is yeah, just a bunch of like politics and stuff like that. And you think that there's going to be a main thesis to it, but there really isn't. The main main protagonist just randomly falls in love with like a series of women. Things don't happen for whatever reason, and I don't know. It's just fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I didn't pick it for like like, like uh, I remember this was a gem. Oh no, it wasn't. But rather like Charlie, we we it's Charlie, yes, and it's not like we enjoy Charlie's role here. It's a dark role, but this is our show, goddamn it, and we will talk of whatever we like. And it, it's wise to balance matters. You know, Charlie isn't a lovable pervert at all times. So much of it is just like. Uh... You know, the office scenes early in the film really drag. For- well, well, that's how it starts. It starts with an office scene, and uh, it's, uh, it isn't superbly visually uh, visual seeing Charlie having sex with this girl in, in a familiar position. And I'm, I'm not talking yeah. se- sexual position, but in an office. <laughs> right. You know, we've seen that with, uh, you know, back in the day when we did that um, uh, movie that was a remake of Switch, where Charlie had sex with uh, Milka, Milka in his office. I was about uh, to say, where's Milka? Yeah, yeah where, where was her movie? <laughs> we never got her movie, like The Adventures of Milka, part four. And Charlie. And Charlie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he's, in, he's in the office, he's having uh, sex with this girl, or but... And it's the least, like, visual playtime we get from whole fun because obviously Charlie Joe is the visuals, you know? Yeah. G- giggling and laughing and grunting and fucking like a monkey, essentially. Yeah, of course, <laughs> like always. <laughs> and, uh, and that takes place in daylight, so, like, cut two, that was done, you know, no finish or anything. And then it's all of a sudden dark, and he was done but not done. Now it's moody, sensual dancing yeah. hours later after dark in the office. It's yeah, it's Charlie, all right. But uh, you know, th- this is the first sign of uh, whole fun clearly filling this movie with sexual filler. And as much it's... as we like that, when it's evident, it's not good. When you start to sort of think to yourself, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, it's back to back sex scenes with the same people, and for no reason we don't really know them or understand them. And then you follow that up with like just a series of just monotonous office bullshit. I don't know if these reports are going to be this, you know, it's like, 
oh, I'm brought in from the main office from my dad, you know, and I'm here to do this. And, and then Charlie's trying to tell the guy about, you know, it's okay to, you know, force women to have sex with you for positions. I, I mean, that, that, that you might think to yourself in the beginning of the movie that, that there might be a f- serious theme there about, yeah. you know, men in power positions uh, that, that almost gleefully loves being in that power position, you know, getting a... Uh, contracts easily that way uh, you know what i mean but uh, it, it doesn't evolve into something uh, poignant like that i mean the young boss here gary land's character isn't this like clown or anything but he's he's sort of like just uh, you know in the middle of the meeting there in comes this woman and he fucks off to fuck her <laughs> because all of a sudden cut to one of many like strong looking sex scenes but there's too many of them you know on top of a double decker bus on the second floor of the double decker bus and hey you gotta give him props for doing you know the actress revealing titties out in you know broad well not daylight but like it's in the knee it's the neon lit uh, hong kong it's the most public sex scene ever in a hong kong category free movie i would gather because they uh it's clearly not like um or, you know, extras on the street that they sort of just walk while we pass here. No, they were on a bus and they were, you know, having softcore sex. And uh, I, I like that scene for that uh, alone. I mean, by this point, yes, we're two sex scenes in, but it's not like the movie has, uh, I mean, the movie still has about maybe eight or nine of them left to go. And that's a right. lot for a 90 minute movie because there's yeah. uh, just a, a little bit of drama and then again. And by the time you get to the outside scene, you have some goodwill for the movie. You're like, okay office scenes were boring the back-to-back sex scenes was too much but hey this is outside it's really you know oh you know they didn't have a permit for this this is really dangerous that's kind of cool you know wonder if they were in on a bus that they, they just paid a fare to be, go on the bus and then went to, to to the second floor and then they had, had sex with, and without being noticed by the bus driver <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome if he's like la, 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 what's that noise probably i mean it's oh, they have a sex up there <laughs> And then the movie just burns those bridges with you as it continues on and just drones on. I mean, I mean, initially, before it sort of burns its bridges, I mean, can, can you've seen a whole fun movie or two on the show, uh, mainly Temptation Summary 2 and Wild at Heart, which are comedies. You know, Temptation Summary 2, the emergence of fucking you. You know, the direct director in that movie. Where was his movie? You know, sp- spin-off. <laughs> but... Um, I remember you had notes on them where, especially Temptation Summary 2, where you really appreciated like the dash of colors and visual, right. uh, visuals that whole fun, a former photographer, mind you, yeah. uh, puts in his movies. Is there anything here that's, uh, that you approve of visually? Almost every sex scene is like gorgeous in certain ways. There's even weird ones towards the end where like a fucking, <laughs> they have like a, a, what would it be, an, a suit of armor there that seems to get in on the action. You know, did you notice oh, that? that? Oh, I noticed, and that 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 was surreal because it's very they, surreal. Like he's uh, like Veronica Yip is playing with this sort of Excalibur, this uh, club uh, where that's like yeah. straight out of Suspiria or something like that, uh-huh. with the red uh, with the red cloth and all of that. And all of a sudden, they they lean towards this suit of armor, and there's someone in it. It's like, whoa, dude, freeway, <laughs> awesome. But he, I I don't I don't know what that was if it was that way or if it's just like. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, uh, art. <laughs> yeah, that's really what all it comes down to. But that stuff's really cool, and it looks really great. An artistic sex scene, do, you know, I mean, it, is that all the movie has to offer, you know? In, it, it, it seems like Hofan didn't have belief in himself. And I've, I've seen Hofan 
take certain movies quite seriously and gotten and getting away with it, with it. His uh, Sex and Sand adaptation, or rather the ad- adaptation of the Carnal Prey at the U.2, is awesome. I mean, it's 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 a serious adaptation despite having the the penis transplant in the movie, and it's gorgeous looking. But so that was material he believed in. But this is sort of a category three quickie that he m- yeah. make it looks dynamite, but it's still category three quickie. And uh, at this point, I just had more confidence in Ho Fan as a comedic category three director uh, for good reason. Too. I mean, he thought his eye for comedy was strong, and you can combine that with visual playtime too. You know, being such a moody and uh, moody movie, mopey movie with characters that you definitely do not invest in either because we're not interested in David. I mean, if anything, I was interested in Lynn, the Sharon Kwok character that after they sort of have some romantic hints, hints, she fucks off to America. Okay. Unceremoniously, too. He reads it in a letter and I wasn't sure which character they were talking about. And then, you know, as she's gone, I'm like... I've started to figure it out. I'm like, oh, so Lynn was the the girl who was, you know, standing up to Charlie and everything like that. Oh, okay. What the fuck? Just why did they get rid of her, you know? You think that's going to be the main, you know, love interest really throughout the movie. But instead, it's just, it's about this character that you don't care about. The actor who, I don't, I'm not sure his uh, name. Gary but, uh, Lamb, very infrequent actor to meet. And very bland, too. You know, he, he was very generic, did not seem invested at all in the role, and uh, didn't really do anything that kind of, like, secures your, you know, caring about him. He's just kind of there reading lines. Yeah, and and so, and, and you, you know, the first scene where I sort of felt that, okay, well now, now it's Phil, I mean, dude, I'd, I'd forgotten about this shit that it's, you know, it's filling with the countless sex scenes. And I mean, you don't have to reinforce that David beds everyone. Right. Make a little bit more drama about that rather than just uh, make that your drama. But but it sort of stalls the movie, really. Um, and uh, we, we don't get to the finishing line very quickly because of it, despite being a short movie. feels longer yeah. because uh, there's a lot of visually interesting sex scenes, but too many of them, as you said. And Veronica Yip is very anonymous, too. I mean, they, they sort of... Um, they're just sisters or friends or whatever, but they... She uh, she wants to go with David because uh, there's, she's sort of... Um, Gold digger is that the term? Or that she yeah. she's she knows he has money, so that's someone to hang around with. And even like that triang- triangle doesn't go anywhere either because it, when she goes to America, then there Ronnie has David all to herself. But that doesn't go make like the movie doesn't make a new thread based on that. It's more of a, she ha- he has like a a night out or two with her, including with in, with the Excalibur sword and the creepy armor guy. <laughs> And and that's sort of like like it's a, it's just a couple of things strung together and it's not strung together. And then out of nowhere, here comes this Japanese fucking uh, plot line. Yeah, with with uh, fairly frequent uh, category three actors Reina Murakami as the yeah. as the daughter. Like the he tries to set it up whole fun. Okay, now David has a chance to grab his fate, but it's sort of just the same kind of thing. And then he comes across as like a. a just a typical, you know, I hate the Japanese type deal. And uh, n- not necessarily that. I mean, he's having sex with one. But, you know, I would never turn away from my Chinese heritage to be with you. And the Japanese guy's like, no, you must be Japanese to marry my daughter or to run my company. 
such fuck you know come it, on it's, it's very like okay he that's his character now uh, but uh, okay yeah. fine fine frill me with the with the subplot then but it's sort of just uh it just it's just his and never yeah goes anywhere and then then it all seems like he says he loves her and they have uh, you know a beautiful sex scene a tender sex scene and then he sort of in voiceover and this is a voiceover movie too occasionally so oh, yeah. because he recaps it all the first scene is him sitting in this gorgeous looking bar like I lost, I, lo- I lost lust and love, and this is what happened. <laughs> uh, but the, it's his reason for leaving her. It's it seems to leave on principle, but after having sex with her. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and I say that sarcastically. That was a dick move. <laughs> it's not like he sort of portrays him, portrays David in this flawed way, where like I didn't know what I was doing. I, I thought I could love you, but I can't. No, he just leaves, and there's some voiceover, and then that's done and dusted, uh, yeah. dramatically in uh, in a storytelling fashion. And uh, that's not good enough, Hofan. I've seen Hofan do better, but the thing is, as mo- the more movies I see from Hofan, the more I realize that comedy erotica was his game. Because when we watch Girl with the Long Hair, his uh, Shaw Brothers. Sex comedy, good stuff, man. Just good fun stuff. Ha- having a j- just a frenetic kind of comedic or for adults, you know, clearly for adults, and then shooting it uh, gorgeously and all of that because his his eye worked for movies visually. But guys and girls, men and women who have employed their eye mostly, you know, cinematographers, photographers, they don't make good directors at all times, but. Whole fun based on at least those two examples, man. Temptation Summary 2, about making Category 3 movies. Good fun. Wild at Heart, cartoony, goofy fun about, uh, about cheating. So he has pro, he has like this, uh, he, he had clearly found his, that's the skill level that he should have resided in. Maybe this was a sort of one-off, but it's, 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 it's uh, something he should not concern himself with, really. The episodic nature of this film does not work for like a legit drama. Now, that will work within the comedy domain because you're, like, not that committed to the story. You're like, okay, well, you know, you know, this person came into the movie, now they're going, ha, 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 you know, or whatever. But, like, in the, in this particular genre, it just does not work. You know, you have to be somewhat committed to the story. You know, there has to be – those thread lines have to kind of make sense, especially if the payoff for the movie is similar to the payoff for what this is, you know, which is a big – you know, punch to the gut for no absolute reason. Yeah, whatsoever. we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this because it's uh, we don't really recommend the movie either. So it's uh, more <laughs> of like uh, because Charlie's back too. So uh, because he 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 let, he was fired and he says I can get a job anywhere and uh, then he's out of the movie angrily and uh, then he's you know the, um, David leaves um, the uh, Reina Murakami um, like Yochiko I think her name was something like that leaves her cut to uh, Charlie is having a business transaction with her and. Uh, has slipped her roof clearly, and uh, that's when the ending starts. Joshua, let's uh, recap this uh, in in detail. Uh, you, you know, uh, let me just preface this by asking: it's just for the sake of conversation. You've hinted at it, but does the movie earn the darkness that it uh, gives us? <laughs> Not at all. Because <laughs> none of this fucking makes sense. Okay, like so he leaves uh, his Japanese, you know, fiance because they were going to be married. And he goes, see, he goes uh, to sit at the bar at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <day. laughs> yeah. He, he bizarrely leaves her, and she's left to kind of look after her dad's company and everything. So she meets with Charlie at a bar. Like, you know, the movie just kind of like, boom. Yeah, hello, here you go. 
And so here's a scene. And so, like, they're sitting there at the bar, and he's like, you know, oh, my company will do, you know, be glad to do great business with you, blah, 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 blah. Have another drink. Yeah, like, have a drink. And, you know, she starts getting woozy, so he picks her up. Oh, I'm going to take you home. And, like, they, you know, zoom in on the class so you know something was in there, kind of. The next shot is him taking her to an apartment. She's like, oh, where is this place? And he's like, don't worry about it. Charlie's working for this other company, and he decides to rape the person that his company's trying to make a deal with for what and what what did what does this prove you know ultimately for i mean I, 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 <laughs> I, you, you know what i thought dramatically like okay is this some kind of targeted revenge towards david but it's not really because he no. never like stops and i know david was said to be married to you i hate david <laughs> you know there's no, nothing of that nothing of that only towards the end when she screams her name he's sort of like oh yeah you're david yeah he can't help you now <laughs> because this is not this uh it, it's a horrible rape scene rape scenes are not meant to be goofy and comedic but normally they are shot uh in normal speed and quite fast but hofan <laughs> decides to really punch us in the head and chest and balls by reducing the frame rate to fucking slow motion what's worse is the fact that like i mean if you're looking at this like as a normal human being would this character has been abandoned like even when she's like when they first cut to charlie and her sitting at the table and stuff she just looks sad yes you know (laughs) like she looks sad she's been abandoned this character's certainly done nothing to you know i mean nobody ever deserves rape but i mean she's really thematically her getting raped does nothing more than just like serve as a punch to the stomach you know an unfortunate titillation for viewing audiences because there's been directors of filmmakers saying that this is what guys like so let's uh let's give them a lot yeah i i that's what they think about audiences you know sometimes in in other country cinema studios and filmmakers think for the audience while the audience can think for themselves normally right. you know so uh uh but but uh, to do it in slow motion is not stylish right and to end with like david david like she's crying out for him so i mean is this potentially like a setup for a sequel uh you know maybe he's gonna come back for revenge did you know, I really don't understand any of like the justifying it in terms of the plot and what it has to do with anything that preceded it. I mean, sometimes filmmakers want to be gloomy, and that's fine, but you have to make a good, like, well-executed gloomy movie, and this isn't. It has to serve some kind of purpose. Yes. You know, you, there there has to be something that ties to the rest of the movie, you know? I mean, Men Behind the Sun is a gloomy movie, but it we know why it is. The Breakfast Club. You're watching The Breakfast Club... You know, you go, you see the fist pump at the end. Oh, that's cool, you know. All right. Well, then you watch Molly Rewald. You know, the scene continues, and she's walking home. She gets home, and then uh, a guy comes to the door selling, uh, you know, encyclopedias, and he rapes her. (laughs) That's what this movie, you know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, what? Or or maybe the principal comes to her house, you know, because it's a returning character that rapes this one. So the principal comes to her house, and, like, just rape the shit out of no reason in slow motion for like 10 minutes john hughes where did you go <laughs> if you compare like the movie i would have preferred the movie ended there for when he leaves her which doesn't make sense either but at least like it would have been a da- kind of a downer you know like this character's flawed okay 
is the point to make us hate the main character so much? Like, this wouldn't have happened if the two of them were still together, you know, because he'd have been handling the business and he'd have just shot Charlie down and, you know, that would have been it. Is that the point? Fine, you know, but, it, but the effect isn't there. Like, we don't believe that. So, I mean, I'm sure that could have been a point, but it, the, the execution isn't there for us to realize that. I mean, there's, and why do uh, we need to hate the main character that much, you know? But uh, it, it's sort of excruciating, isn't it, to watch this? In slow motion. I mean, it's ho- the, the effect is is conveyed. The dark effect is well conveyed, and uh, it's not like I like uh, wins that scene, like Charlie, you know, jiggle in slow motion, you know, because it's not the you know he's uh, he's a normal looking man, you know, it's so sweaty, so, harsh, gross, yeah. and uh, and and he de- he definitely appears naked in this one, you know, they're shooting from the side and stuff like that. So it's not like unrealistic <laughs> dry humping where he's tidy whiteys are actually on and stuff like that, but. Yeah, props to them for. I mean, there's a there's a lot of it. There's a the yeah. ten minute ten minute rape scene, and it's not, it, and it just ends in the middle of it. Yeah, and then it cuts to credits, and you're like, wait, what? Fuck you. Yeah, go home <laughs> and think about this. Like, and and it's uh, like the subtext also to do this to a Japanese character. Like, it is one of those like you're not you know furthering the relationship, the chilly <laughs> relationship between the countries. Right. But, Maybe that's what it is. It's like... You know, the Hong Kong and Chinese have their reasons for hating the Japanese. I know that. Yeah. But uh, like it, it, this is not a movie to sort of uh, talk of that. <laughs> Deal with the relations between countries. Yeah, we're going to just sleep with the other girl, leave her, you know, basically at the, you know, the altar almost. And then we're going to have our character rape her. All because you're Japanese. Hong Kong represented by Charlie. I don't know. Maybe... maybe Charlie is like the mainland and David is Hong Kong. And so, you know, mainland China's raping Japan. And uh, meanwhile, Japan's crying out for Hong Kong to help. But Hong Kong's nowhere around. Credits. Credits. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> and it's sort of like, it's a fuck you to us. Like, deal with it. Fuck you. That's exactly what it is. Like, you watched it, so we're... <laughs> yeah, your problem. You spent the money. I didn't. So, yeah, it's a, it's a quite... A, Quite something. Uh, I preferred Doc Charlie in China Dolls, uh, the Amy Yip movie where he used the butter and all of that. Not that that was fun or anything or cool, but it was a better movie. And Doc Charlie was more... It made more sense. It, it made yeah. more sense. It had more impact. And here it's uh, sort of like, oh, I'm back and I'm getting this scene. And okay, I'll, I'm, I'm an actor. I'll, 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 I'll do it. I'm getting paid. Yeah. Like, it's not my responsibility. There it is. So yeah. That's it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> No need to tell your nursing mates about this one, right? They uh, mention it. <laughs> you never know. They shit seem open-minded, up. somewhat. Yeah. Weird shit comes up at these those study groups, let me tell you. Maybe not in public at Starbucks or anything. Then he rapes the shit out of her, and it's all about Hong Kong and Japanese. And... That's where it happens, brother. That's where <laughs> it happens every time. I've never been to one. Like We, we don't have ones. So I don't know what goes on in these things. Like, I'll have a this and this and this, and uh, over there at the table, we're going to discuss rape. Excellent. Welcome to Starbucks. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Salo today, so I think I'll take the caramel frappuccino. Thanks. <laughs> oh, boy. Have you ever gotten your name wrong in a totally odd way? Because they write the names of people who ordered the coffee, like, instead of Josh, they write Jock instead and stuff like that. No. Or Cock. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no. Because that's the prime, like, uh, moment for disgruntled employees to sort of just uh, write shit on your coffee cup. I, I, you know, at the last Starbucks we were studying at and stuff like that, which, I mean, we went through about three of them during school. And the last one, 
uh, they just knew us so well or whatever. They didn't even actually say anything. They just kind of left it up at the counter. We, they knew we were going to be there for like 12 hours. So we didn't actually <laughs> just go get our drinks. Oh, well, you're providing business for them. So, they, they, so they, yeah. you know, yeah, it's hard to re- re- refuse you. But uh, you're not bothering, bothering anybody either. So. Yep. Hidden Desire, next uh, next up on the topic, topics at uh, Starbucks, like post-graduation. Yeah, guys, I have a movie to tell you about. Meet me at Starbucks. We don't do that stuff anymore. We have to. We're, we're bringing the club back together. <laughs> I bring a DVD player as well and plug it in. The adult monster squad, you know. <laughs> there it is. Uh, as for availability, if I hit and decide, it had a universe letterboxed laser disc and a DVD release by My Way that claims it's anamorphic but has burned in subtitles, which I think is just dead wrong because... It's um, it, it's not something that these studios did uh, for for something that was uh, from a cinema print. Uh, so I think it, what you had on that DVD was probably a recycled version of that letterboxed laserdisc, yeah, which is fine, fine enough. I mean, our, our, our version was of that laserdisc, and it looks ser- serviceable for our efforts. A little bit faded uh, subtitles; they, they weren't always super clear. They were sort of fading, fading with uh, the action of. Um, of uh, the frame uh, live action, but uh, oh, yeah. serviceable for what it was and all of that. So don't don't expect 4K for Hidden Desire anytime soon, unless someone really goes insane. Like, it, it's a hidden gem. It's a hidden gem. Like 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 fuck this uh, you know, touch of Zen and Dragon Eve from Taiwan. I got the hidden gem. You know? Next from Unearth Films. <laughs> exactly. Well, they... newly remastered. Probably too tame, tame for Unearthed. Yeah. Like, uh, Unearthed should go after like Mind Fuck and Trilogy of Lust and stuff like that. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, at least uh, it uh, fits the mood a little bit more. They could do American Trilogy of Lust 3. Yeah, and finally complete the damn thing. Damn right. I think Julie Lee is allowed to. I'll do it. I still love my pussy, and I'll do anything with it. <laughs> you know? Want to fist me? I'll do that as well. Oh, God. This time for real. <laughs> Next time, actually, we have actually already recorded. I said actually twice, but uh, it uh, deserves an emphasis. We have actually already recorded two actual new episodes for you that are set to go up sometime in actual 2016, the actual <laughs> year. <laughs> and two weeks in a row, nonetheless, we, uh, like a month or two ago, we recorded a duo of shows covering modern sleaze, uh and we split them up into two episodes just to save save your listeners some um, uh, some uh, episode length because I I thought like two and a half hours on two movies probably not a good idea so we'll, we'll split it into roughly one hour episodes but what they are covering the first one that you'd hear in 2016 from us is our review of 3D Sex and Zen Extreme Ecstasy. Yeah. And the second one, uh, the first one I knew of, and the second one I was recommended, uh, our, the most recent movie we've ever reviewed on this show, and it's 2015's The Gigolo. You know, Dominic Ho coming at you, you know, the new star of This Week in Sleaze, essentially the new hero of This Week in Sleaze. And uh, you, you will get to know both Bro 5, Horse Penis in 3D, Huge Sidewang, and Bro 5, you know. <laughs> And Brofa. Dominico is one talented uh, talented man in the movie. I don't okay. know how, how large his talent is outside of the movie, but uh, <laughs> the, 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 the sidewang in, in the movie is uh, quite legendary. You know, we'll put uh, Elvis Choi to shame, I think. It's legendary. 
<laughs> there it is i mean uh, let's uh, finish this one up i have some finishing uh, you know final words because this is the year-end show but uh, let's just run through the contact information really quickly before we sign off uh, so uh, this has been this week in sleaze on the podcast on fire network we are on podcast on fire.com along with other shows on classier cinema but uh, we have a place logical place here despite it's part of the vision the podcast on fire network vision so Choose whatever show you like, and bonus episodes every now and again. We want some quicksand porn, goddammit! Podcast on fire at googlemail.com. Don't believe for a minute I'm, I'm going to monitor that and make sure we'll get that. <laughs> and sort of just stare and wonder, what's this about? <laughs> I mean, do, do you feel anything? Like, I, I, I actually, like, I'm not hard, are you hard? No. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to deny it. I'm literally not, like, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm a little concerned for the person in the quicksand. That's pretty much it. My my, my pulse is racing, but not because of <laughs> not because of any uh, any sexual pleasure going on here. But the uh, podcast on fire at googlemail.com and follow the handy buttons to our social media at the top of our page, our Facebook, our Twitter. Subscribe to our iTunes feed and uh, check us out on Stitcher Radio if you want to stream us, as well as the application for Stitcher. Uh, if you follow the links and. Uh, I write about these uh, these filthy movies on SoGoodReviews.com and I video review them over at SleazyKVideo.com along with a number of genres. And my Twitter is at SoGoodReviews. And finally, Shelf Life Clothing. Buy some t-shirts for the holiday holiday stocking uh, there and uh, surprise your loved one with uh, some uh, clothes. I mean, he, he doesn't do lewd stuff or anything, Brian Kirby. It's, like, it's classy stuff. It's fun stuff. So b- bring someone the Cirrusaur versus Wolf Human t-shirt or Caucasian t-shirt or hoodie. For a Christmas present, you know, it'll make a good, a good, uh, good little sizable present for the for the Christmas stocking. You know, do 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 that stuff anymore? Is that just move? Is that do hang stockings at Christmas and put Christmas presents in them? Because p- people want shit now. You can't just fit, you know, the great the big shit in the Christmas stocking. But it's the stocking like it needs to be over the fireplace and stuff like that. Or yeah, I mean, I've never had a fireplace, but if I had one, believe me. There would be stockings. But, I mean, usually, like, uh, when I was a kid, when I did have stockings, like, my mom and stuff would just put candy in them. And then you get the real presents under the tree, you know? You fill it with Reese's peanut butter cups. And, like, advent calendars so that you can open up each day and have a, like, have a piece of chocolate every day and stuff like that. Did you have that? Mm, no, it was more like gorge yourself and become, you know, the fat, chubby kid, which is what I did. <laughs> so not, like, one piece every day, like, 24 pieces each day times... 24 no, leading up to Christmas. No, like the entire goddamn stocking in one day like on Christmas. Like I ate the candy and the stocking while I'm at it. It was <laughs> it was empty until Christmas uh, morning. And then when it's full, it's just like while playing Super Nintendo or something like that. Just gorging yourself on, you know, chocolate. That sounds butter. lovely, though. Oh, it's you know, and look at uh, look where you ended up in life in all serious in all serious oh, and yeah. stuff like uh, like your heart didn't explode from that or anything. So. Don't even have diabetes. There you it's go. Sweet, we all win. <laughs> so there it is. Still have a working pancreas. All right. <laughs> Shelflifeclothing.com. Get your uh, guess and Christmas presents going on there and support Brian Kirby. He supported us. Plug your stuff, sir. The trashy trio, or sometimes the trashy duo. Next thing we're covering is going to be uh, Shinjuku Triad Society from Takashi Miike. I just got to get with Wendy, and uh, we're going to cover the movie pretty soon. So that's going to be a hoot nanny because that's a really sleazy, dirty movie. Yeah, I also it always gave me gave me the impression that it's a classier Miike just because it gang it's gangster, it's gangster Yakuza. Not at all. No, it's nope. <laughs> it's uh it's a big fat guy in tidy whiteies 
pouring ice cream on his crotch on accident or on purpose and then making a girl lick it with his tidy whities Like, oh my god, I did it on accident. Why don't you lick it up, young lady? You've got Sabu uh, making a guest appearance, stepping in human feces. He, he he's done that joke in his own movies, uh, like uh, stepping in feces. Like Unlucky Monkey had a scene like yeah. that where they wa- are walking up to a uh, to robbing a, robbing a robbing a bank. He's in it for the first five minutes, and I think yeah. they step sort of like, "Whoops, okay, well that's scrape it off onto the bank we go." <laughs> so it's sort of not a he doesn't stop and go like because I believe you quoted this scene to me before. He doesn't stop in that movie to go like human feces. That's exactly what happens because you don't expect you you expect dog shit on the pavement, yeah. but not human feces. Yeah. <laughs> but in the Mickey universe, anything can happen. Uh, right, I've watched a Mickey movie in years. I mean, I, I having said, I haven't seen that many of them. I rented the Dead or Alive trilogy, and I remember liking them because they were so unhinged, especially the first one. I think the first one ends with, like, the world blowing up. It's it like, like, it's those two Yakuza's versus, versus each other. That Boom, the world blows up because the battle is so... Gigantic, yeah. And then the second one was very quiet and very dramatic, I think. Very quiet, very, um... Almost Takeshi Kitano-esque, I've always thought. And the third one had a lot of Hong Kong talent. You know, we had Josie Ho in there. Yeah. And, uh, so it was uh, like, okay, it's a, that's a variety that uh, that uh, I certainly enjoy. You don't know what you're going to get. But uh, I haven't seen one of his movies in years. So Very loose trilogy. But yeah, his older stuff, I highly uh, appreciate and highly recommend. But uh, the end of words, if you will, are written a little bit here. As, you know, let's stop the fucking for this here. You know, and as always, Joshua, thank you for taking this continual journey with me. It it doesn't have an end game. I mean, I've not mapped this out. Uh, nor does it have to be produced continually to matter these kind of shows. But the the idea is, and I've said this obviously on the big two hundredth episode that you were on as well. But the idea is still to bring as informed perspectives as we can bring on this type of cinema. The rating, the icon that the rating has become. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the of the filthy work we do here, actually. And we can always do better, as I always say, but I'm proud nonetheless. And much of that credit also goes to you because you're so receptive and you're up for the challenge of uh, living up to that standard I've set uh, also of context and fun. So I've, I've, I may not say this enough, but you, you're a natural, you're a good podcasting brother, and I hope to see and hear you on here during 2016 on your own terms like just because you're out of nursing school doesn't mean i'm gonna rope you in for a recording per uh you know one per week or anything so uh so merry christmas joshua eat my bomb <laughs> <laughs> merry christmas and eat my bomb as well but you know yeah i'll be more active this following year but uh you know we did pretty good to, to be going through uh nursing school and to still get as many episodes out as we did you know it helps that you do all of the hard work and i just kind of sit here and watch goofy movies and say stupid stuff but you'd still need to bring the informed perspective if you were stupid on this show which you are not and they didn't like review the movie as uh, in a way <laughs> that i think is uh sensible then i would have obviously reprimanded you shit canned my ass <laughs> like the, the reason i did a couple of shows myself was to f- sort of fill the podcasting pipeline but also to exercise my solo voice a little bit i didn't like it at all because i, I like doing <laughs> this with you but uh, doing solo shows is uh totally draining because you're sort of just speaking for 30 they're shorter granted but uh, speaking for 30 40 minutes by myself 
and in a second language it's just it, it is actually draining it, it's uh, it, it, it's like a it, almost a physical toll because we're not necessarily you know chit-chatting here but uh, there's a structure behind all of this and a point a to b kind of dealio despite going on a side so it actually yes it takes a little bit of, of a physical toll on you having said that this is the fourth podcast this week for me <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it. So, I mean, oh, you, you know, the key, the key, as you all know, kids, cocaine is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Meeting random strangers in bathrooms, how lovely is that? <laughs> Jesus. And having to hear their stories for like three hours just to get the goods. <laughs> but I've, uh, I've loved my time on the show and uh, I hope to continue forever. Yeah, it's, as I said, there, there's plenty of movies to cover We since we don't do this continually and to be fair also i like that it's sort of spread out because if this was our only show and we did it once a month or twice a month i know for a fact because i believe it or not i kind of uh, have an insight into myself (laughs) a little bit i would kind of be it would feel a little bit redundant going back to it all the time you know what i mean so it's good to sort of switch it up by not recording all the time but but we also have the opportunity obviously to switch up movies and uh, content and it's not just like charlie Chow movies each and every week and all of that so it's important to mix up mix up the lineup that we provide here so like the the modern sleaze episodes that turned out really really great uh, i would have to say and uh, i forgot to say uh, we got a special guest on that show dr david lamb from podcast on fires dynasty report and uh, the great uh, doodler dr david lamb the great artist he joins us to inform us on modern sleeps and uh boy did he did a, did, a, did a good job and recommended a, a flawed but actually fairly fun modern movie the gigolo absolutely so you should uh, you should probably after you watch the movie you should uh, know that uh, you have to live up to a certain standard that dominic ho sets in that movie you know? <laughs> a certain uh, a certain very um fountain like standard thank you very much and uh, a merry merry christmas to you and uh hope uh you it's it's well timed isn't it like you 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 just graduated just like two days ago or whatever and now christmas is coming up up in holiday a holiday that you like so you really deserve that relaxation that you're gonna have now for two or three weeks before going into the final 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 stretch of it all but it's well timed i think for you so you know, enjoy it. Enjoy Star Wars. And don't listen to the internet, and uh, just, uh, just you, you aren't, you aren't being here, Joshua. I think uh, <laughs> you, you, you. Know, you, you know, I do think the world of you because uh, it's kind of like it's so in- inspiring to see someone do something that I, I know I'm not capable of doing at all. I, like, I mean, I'm impressed. I'm totally impressed, and that you had time to do this show as well. I uh, mean, me focus mentally, refocus mentally onto stupid crap, and then back to real life stuff that matters. Eh. Yeah, good man. Good man. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. There it is. Eat my bomb, Joshua, and a Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you.